welcome to the Xbox World Strongcast number 17. It is Friday the 14th of September. I'm Xbox World Associate Editor Andy Hartup, and I am joined today by Strongcast regular Mike Gapper. Hi. And Strongcast irregular Andy Kelly. Hello. Hello. So, um, we, were, we were just sat uh, before we started recording this podcast saying, well, what the hell are we going to talk about this uh, this this particular strong cast and um a theme that kept coming up is uh, especially with myself and mike we're saying oh well we've just been and played this game uh but we can't talk about it until yeah. the middle of september yeah but i'm sure we can hint at a few things now mike oh we can hint at we a few can things, hint can we? now you you've played a certain microsoft exclusive racing game which happens to be set in an open world but is a spin-off of an existing series that has I, reached the fourth game yeah <laughs> i have i have played uh, a microsoft exclusive racing game is that mario kart that's the one yeah it's oh awesome. andy Giving the game away straight away. Is uh, me trying to be subtle? Oops. So I, I, I officially can't talk about this game until the 18th. But if I were able to talk about the game, I would probably say that it's really, really impressive. And that the team making it, had they taken an incredibly short amount of time to make it, would have done an incredible job for the amount of time they actually had to make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they were able to get it looking so good and playing so well and so smooth uh, with essentially a team they built up over that time frame. Like, that's that's unbelievable. I mean, you know, we, they talk about it being in development for two years, but the studio in question, who might, may or may not be Playground Games in the, here in the UK, Ooh. actually basically had 15 people on their staff two years ago. It's like, it's only now they've got a big 100-man team, or however many it is, to produce this this big Microsoft exclusive racer they may or may not be making. Um, it's, a, it's I had a lot of fun with it. I got to play mm. it for two hours. Um, I, I might have got to play it for two hours. And I had a, a, a great time. I really can't go... I really, really, we're joking now, but I really genuinely can't go into a lot of detail about what I played. Um, I can say that I did... I, I, I played... Coincidentally, I played Forza Horizon at E3. Oh, really? A, a game... You, you might have heard. Come on, Mike. I mean, you, you've, got to, you've got to link what you're saying. You can't just sort of go from one topic to the next. <laughs> well, back then it was really it was a really impressive bit of tech, but all of the handling and stuff was locked off. But had I played it the game recently, then it would have been a fully unlocked build, which is basically the build which is going to be hitting shelves. And that Forza handling model, uh, back at E3, and presumably in the unlocked build, is actually spot on. It really works in an open, open world environment. But there are some things I would I would question about the game. I think maybe I have to question those on a future podcast. Mm, yeah. Well, I um, I I went and saw a game on Monday that I can't talk about. So you uh, you didn't play a game that you can't talk about. Is what I I did definitely play a game, but I can't talk about <laughs> no. it. Um, it's it's the the third the third game in a series about about killing people in di- different time periods. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which um, yeah. Features a, a core group uh, of uh, killers, yeah, and their their sort of their cult, yeah, yes. It's the sort of the um, almost the, the credo by which they live. But yeah, you could say that. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a saboteur too? <laughs> That's saboteur too. No, <laughs> it's, it's another another very popular franchise, and um, I really can't say an awful lot about that. Um, it is. Oh, I can say that it is incredibly ambitious. Mm. An incredibly huge, mm. like it's huge, huge game world, like vast, and there's a you've, lot. To you've do seen in this it. game before, though, haven't you? 
I have seen this game before. I didn't play it before, but I have seen it before. So this was like the first the first hands-on with a game yes. you've seen before. Yes, I've seen seen another man hunting animals and if you've played well, if you've played an Assassin's Creed game before and you've seen a man hunting animals within that Assassin's within Assassin's Creed 3, you probably get some idea of how it was. Yeah. Um I've also uh, I, you know, it was completely unlocked. Was this version of the game? So I went to one of the game cities and did a lot of things there. A lot of surprising now, things. This is probably been revealed already, but I don't know the answer. So mm. in Assassin's Creed Three, what's the value to hunting animals? Why do you have to hunt animals? Uh, you hunt animals so you can either sell their stuff, side merchants. missions as well. Someone will in a camp or say, yes. "Go get right. me some wolf pelts." Because otherwise, yeah. like money, you just know financially you'll be. But within about four hours of starting the game, you'll be mm. so well off you don't ever need. I to see Assassins is pretty good with balancing its economy, mm. especially mostly two, where, you, where the money actually felt like when it started getting to that ridiculous point where you had so much money, there was still some things to buy. Yeah, they invest in. paintings, didn't they? So I think I think if they keep that, it'll be quite interesting, and you still there'll still be a point to hunting even when you're. 20 hours in, I mm. hope anyway. Mm. Can, you, can you still buy like territory and buy property the way you could in uh, Assassin's Creed 2? Is that something that's been revealed yet? Uh, it hasn't been revealed no, haven't yet. haven't talked about that It wouldn't really make sense for the character. Yeah, it, it hasn't been revealed yet, and yeah, perhaps it wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense because he's a native Indian. Because Ezio was buying native stuff American in Monterey, Gioni, because he... All right. <laughs> well, Ezio right. was buying stuff because it was his own town, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. Whereas Connor's a kind of... Wandering uh, nomadic type. So. He goes around sort of, uh, but it, when he went to those things, is that he goes to new areas and invests in the local economy to revive yeah. shops, yep. buy reviving shops and so on, banks yeah. and that kind of thing. They, they must be putting that stuff in because uh, yeah. there, there is an economy system. They have confirmed that. I would be surprised if you could buy parts of a city. Yeah. That doesn't mean to say you won't be able to buy buildings, but I'd be surprised. If that was the case, well, just based on what I may or may not have played, it has been. It's, this is alright to talk about, but there are three cities, aren't there? There's Boston, New York, and no, there's only the two, two cities, and in between there's two a massive revealed cities, yeah, and in between there's a massive swathe of wilderness, yeah, which they call the, the plains or something like that, and yeah. it's forests. It's basically, it's like New Red England. Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm more excited about running around that area because it's new for the series than. Uh, yeah, and it gives the series like a very, very different sort of feel, like, and and it's all on. Whereas before with Assassins, uh, you had like a city map because in the first one you could go into the Holy Land. You had like a city map and like a, a not like an overall map with the Holy Lands in it. Yeah. It's all integrated now. Well, when Assassins Creed Two, the countryside was a separate loading break, wasn't it, between cities? Yes, it wasn't a seamless. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. now you can go again, real again, time. I probably can't go into whether it's real time. And to be honest, I didn't check to see if it was because yeah. I didn't didn't leave Boston via a a gate yeah, essentially. Yeah. So um, yeah, I couldn't couldn't really say. I imagine you could probably leave via the front gate and just trot out into the countryside. I think. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was. Um, a very interesting game, and you'll be able to read that uh, right up in the issue of Xbox World on sale on the 17th of October. Uh, Ubisoft, incredibly strict with their review embargoes. Wouldn't expect to find a review in there, but there will be a nice big feature to let you know what I've been uh, what I've been seeing and playing. Now, um, that's kind of it for secret games that we've been to see. 
Um, it, it is, and it isn't. I saw other Microsoft games at that event. Well, yeah, you, you did. Yeah. yeah. One, one of which uses Microsoft's um, excellent motion Both sensing peripheral. Both of which peripheral. use Microsoft's excellent motion sensing peripheral. Yes. Um, I imagine you probably can't talk about those. Nah, I can't do Nor do you have any interest in talking no, about them, I imagine. No, but I can say that um, uh, the next issue of Xbox will be on shelves very soon. 19th of September it is. Very soon, yeah. So no, just first the beginning of next week, in fact, Tuesday mm. next week. Uh, and the following issue will be featuring a major Microsoft game for this year. Well, in the, the 19th of September issue, it's fair to say there's going to be a Forza Horizon feature in there, yeah, which you will not read anywhere else, because that is ours. So I've got to play the game yesterday. Um, the next issue, the um, sorry, I got very confused. I'm sorry for confusing everybody. Uh, the next issue, issue on shelves next week, is got featured by Andy Kelly here. Yep. Who, I, I went to the studio, Playground Games' studio, and, and spent three hours with the finished game and interviewed them so talk to the guys behind yeah, it so i got amazing access and you get to read all that and, and this is like this is a absolutely exclusive for us like when no, no one else no one else had this access and it's uh something we're really proud about in fact the whole of next issue is something we're real proud of it's uh an issue full of games we're all really excited about in a big way is i got to blab on about xcom and he got to write a lot of stuff about forza horizon we've got and we can say the cover at this point. We've have uh, we have Dishonored on the cover, which is yep. for our money, absolutely one of the games of the year. It, it if could, not, it the could game be of the, the year. game of the year. Yeah. No, no exaggeration. It could well be the game of the year. And this is like an issue we're, we're genuinely excited about. It was genuinely exciting to make. It's, it's exciting to put it in you guys' hands. So we hope you uh, because hope you enjoy you, that one. You know, like sometimes, you know, Mike and I. Um, we, you know, there's there's certain games that we like and certain games that we just don't get on with. Yeah. Like, and that doesn't mean they're not good games. I mean, I, for example, well, I don't like Metal Gear, but I know Mike does. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a fan of Card. I'm a fan of Battlefield. Stuff like that. In this current issue, it's sort of like the games that we actually really, really like and and really um and really want to talk about. Yeah. Whereas before. In previous issues, you know, well, often you, you we'll cover a mixture about, of games, that you, games that yeah. you guys want to read exactly, about. Exactly. You know? yeah. Rather, and it doesn't mean we're always writing about the thing we're we're deeply passionate about ourselves. We're just we're picking we pick these games because we know something you're interested in, something you're excited in. In this case, what you guys are excited in and what we're excited about, I think, is kind of overlapped very nicely mm. for a, a hell of an issue. There's a lot of spec ops talk in there. Yeah, Spec Ops is a, a game worth talking about. Though. Mm. You know, it's not perfect. It's not great. It's not a great game, but it's a very good game. Well, we I can talk about Spec Ops because I finished it the other day, and that is that's what I was going to talk about in the what we have been playing. So, if you want to kick that off now, we can have a little chat about Spec Ops. Yeah, all right. Let's talk about what we've been playing, and then we have our new feature, which is uh, which we're tentatively oh, wow, calling wow, Developer Draft. The Developer Draft. But uh, we'll explain a little bit more about that after we've talked about what we've been playing. So I've been playing Spec Ops: The Line. Um, now, when I, when I was playing it, um, I sort of I put a couple of tweets out saying I was I was enjoying it, and one of the common responses I had back was I played the demo. I didn't really get on with how it was as a shooter, so I haven't bothered buying the full game. Mm. Now I think that's a big shame because I mean personally I, I quite liked the shooting in it. I, I thought it felt you know smooth enough, and it was quite nice. It sort of slows, like gives you a little bit of slow motion when you pull off a headshot. But there are reasons for that. What you know, I like is that you, drop, you can just drop guys. Yeah. You, you hit them, you drop them. It's not exactly, like Gears yeah. of War where they soak up bullets for 
five six minutes. You mm. know, you, you aim at this guy, boom, he's yeah. down, and then the next guy runs out. So it's it's a perfectly good shooter, and you know the weapons in it feel good. They sound good. Um, it's fine under normal circumstances. You know, you'd, you'd give it high seven, low eight, and carry on. But what what impressed me about Spec Ops was the story, and I know it's something that you've been talking about quite a lot, Mike. The story in it is incredible and in many ways um we described it as like the world's first anti-war shooter yeah not only is it um it got an interesting theme an interesting topic it an interesting location it's got um it tells its story in a very clever mm. way it makes you a key component in the story there are, there are moments where you you very much your actions are what are driving them forward. Specifically, the buttons you're pressing on your controller are what's driving the story forward. And so often, like story plays out in cutscenes that are completely disconnected from the action. Here, it's the action that drives the story, as it should be in a video game. Video games are an action-oriented medium. In movies, story should always drive the action. You should have a reason to have a fight because when you have when you have story driving the action, you get the Matrix. You know, there's a reason for every key sequence mm. in that film. But when you have action driving the story, you get the Matrix Reloaded, mm. where it's just let's have a fight and then just walk away. Let's have a big car chase and then just walk away. Nothing really happens for any reason or with any consequence. And Spec Ops shows that video games should be doing it the other way around. You know, you're there for the action. You're not really there for the story. Mm. The story is what makes the experience, you know, frames the experience. In this case... It actually makes the experience even better. It very much frames the experience. I mean, I didn't... And you don't get a full appreciation for the story until you finish it. And it seems like a... Not like a cop-out, but a strange thing to say because in a way, you you know, a lot of developers try and justify everything that's gone on before by cramming a load of stuff into the ending. The The ending doesn't isn't there to sort of justify what's gone before it. The ending is there to sort of frame what has gone before it and to make you look at it in a different light. Mm. And it makes you want to go back and sort of play it through again and think about what you've done. Uh, not not going to give any spoilers away. We should because at some point, we, because everyone, like, we have to, we, we've teased like what happens in this game, but the thing with it is, is that people are taking so long mm. to play this game. Like a lot of people didn't pick it up at launch. So people, I think a lot of guys might be picking it up in the sales and so on or picking mm-hmm. it up mm-hmm. pre-owned. So as more and more of our readers have played it and sort of are talking about it on Facebook, we'll probably come around to talk about the ending ourselves at some point. Yeah, yeah, we will do that, but not not quite yet. Not yet. Um, yeah, for me, yeah, it was a, it was a great game, one of, one of the best I've played this year. So it's not been a vintage year for games, it hasn't been but a vintage year. Um, that, that shouldn't take anything away from Spec Ops. It's about to become a vintage year, though, because the game I've been playing kicks off the, the silly season, and it's going to be a very, very silly season. Mm. Uh, I've been playing Borderlands 2, retail code surprisingly, we got it in a couple of weeks early, so I'm playing on Xbox right now. Um, I might switch over to PC at some point for maximum graphics, obviously, but in a moment I'm playing it on, also because I've got um, some swag uh, that I can claim in the PC version, because when I played the game at E3 they gave me a token for some swag or dagger. Some swag. Some swag a, a gun. Yeah, it'd be a gun. Downloadable I would imagine gun. it would be a gun. To complement the bazillion guns in the game. Yeah. You get a free downloadable free, gun. Free gun. Yeah. It's, uh, it's so a bit I've rubbish. Been, it's a rubbish gun. I've been playing um I've been playing Borderlands uh with some other games journals who also have copies of the game early. And it is like I say, the first game of the silly season. From here on out, it's, there's pretty much a big game every week. Thank God, because it's been a rare old year. Oh, it's been a rough summer. It's been it? a rare old summer. <laughs> and you played Borderlands 2, right? You did a review. No, I haven't played it yet. Didn't you? Who did a Not review? Uh, 
Nathan, it was done by it? Nathan Dighton. Yeah, it was Nathan. So he liked it. He did like it, yeah. I, li- I like it. He, he liked the fact, well, there are reviews in the new issue, but he liked the fact that it's just all about loot, just going around getting more and more the swag. The thing was, the first game was all about loot, and mm. it was good because you'd always be getting more loot, and it was great. And you're like, okay, I got a lot of loot. But when you actually came to use the loot, it wasn't a lot of fun. It was all right. It was, I mean, it was good. It was, it was solid. Enemies just ran at you. Enemies just ran at you, and the environments were kind of tiny and empty, and and there didn't seem too much like rhyme or reason to the enemy fortresses and so on. And and even the loot, after a while, you kind of like, okay, it's it's not. It's this. It's kind of they all sort of merged into one. But in Borderlands Two, they've absolutely nailed their formula. Like, um, I, I think I like it a lot more than Nathan Nathan did in from having read his review. In uh, Borderlands Two, every bit of loot you get has a real distinct personality, like a real distinct flavor to it. You get a gun; it feels so different to the gun you had before. You're like, okay, I'll, this is worth changing, you know. Uh, every time you loot something, you had to have an interesting fight to get to that loot. And when you got the loot, you have an interesting fight away from it. Is that the bad guys will take cover and they fight in interesting ways and they have vulnerable points that you can aim for, which you know would do more damage. And it's not all done on mass when you fire your gun at someone. Like you know, the headshots and stuff are worth more. And I'm not sure if the first game was like that. I can't remember. But all the locations are interesting and the missions are much more interesting. Like it won't just be go in here, kill this guy, get out of there, or kill ten of these things, or kill twelve of these things. A couple of those missions are in there, but mostly the missions are actually quite interesting. It'll be, okay, chase this guy, he gets into a fortress, he gets onto some massive sentry gun, so you've got to take him on there. But then you'll take control of the sentry gun and take out a bunch of guys who are storming in from the left. Then you'll go through there, but one of your buddies has been captured, so you quickly have to go and recover him to move on to the next part of the mission. It always feels like you've got like a new reason to push forward, another reason to move on to the next section. And whereas the first game was like, okay, you're going to have fun because you're playing with your buddies, like four of you together will have fun. In Borderlands 2, it's much more, if you're on your own, you're going to have fun. If you've got friends, you're going to have even more fun. As a just a shooter, it's a good game, which the first one wasn't. The first game was a great looter. You know, mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a game where you, like Fancy Star Online or something, or Diablo, where you're going around collecting stuff, and that's the fun of it. The sequel is actually a good shooter. It's actually a really... It stands up on its own. It's like as a good shooter. Is it, is it Gearbox is so notoriously a... And I love Gearbox's games, but they are notoriously the 8 out of 10 studio. We, you know what I mean? It's just, just, yeah. just before you answer that question, yeah. I have to put my boo-hiss legal hat on to say that this Stormcast is actually going out before the review embargo. Yeah, I'm not going to say score, so just, but just just don't, yeah. don't go into the score or right. anything. Yeah, but I'm just going to say... I, it, I, I think it, everything else is fair game, but let's just... But what I mean is, is it the first Gearbox game where you think this feels like a proper good game as opposed to this feels like a good a, an, a good game but that's fall short? Well, the first thing? score for the game is already out there. It's uh, Games Master's review. Give it 95%. They give it, they give it 95%. Now, I wouldn't call it a 95 um, but I'm for now having uh, enough fun with it to say that it would be over an eight, but below a ten. So I'm not giving it a score. But yeah. there you go. That, that's, so it's, that's it's, cryptic it's, enough. Yeah, that's fine. I just it's, defi- e- every, it's definitely every day. Every day, you you know how like um, 
you know, you know, have you seen those those cartoons like Dilbert where he sat at his desk and he's got this big fucking mountain of papers next yeah. to him and it all falls on him by the end of the cartoon? <laughs> yeah. That's me. That's my day with NDAs. Yeah. I've had an NDA today <laughs> for a, a piece of preview code that we're getting and um, it's like eight pages long and I've been told that I need to sign pages four and seven. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't read page six before conducting the preview. It's ludicrous. Yeah, it's yeah. absolutely ludicrous. They, they come with spoilers in now, so you you'll be sent the NDA with the code, and you accidentally read. Oh, please don't mention that at the end. Johnny Wing Wong kills. Yeah, don't mention Teddy don't Bing mention Bong. Master Chief's death halfway through the campaign. Yeah. You know, like, and you're just getting settled down to play it. You set aside time to review the game, and then you, you see the NDA, and it goes, "Oh, Tommy Bing Bong dies." Could you imagine? What's the point now. Could you imagine it? Like it, if if the same sort of stuff existed like a few years ago. Like if if you were a, if you were a movie critic, right, and you were you were just going to review Psycho, and uh, before you before you went in, you had to read this massive document. Old well, Hitchcock's lawyers were there, sort of saying, "Yeah, just sign here, sir. Uh, read this through to make sure you don't mention any of this in your review." And it says, "You know." 20 minutes in. At least strongly racist today. <laughs> 20 minutes Speaking in. Speaking Americans, Native Americans. Marion Crane gets killed by... Uh, by Norman by Bates dressed Norman as his, Bates. Mo- his own mother. Yeah. And do not mention that Norman Bates is his mother. Oh, well, cue then. I won't bother going and seeing the bloody yeah, film. Sorry if you haven't seen Psycho, yeah. by the way. You should. It's a great film. But uh, well, Not now if... Uh, <laughs> I think the statute of limitations is over on yeah, Psycho. Yeah. I, 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 like, I think like 50 years is long enough. Yeah, yeah. So I will say this for Borderlands. I reckon it's uh, Gearbox's best game ever. Yeah, that's mm. what. I, that's all I wanted to know. Like, yeah. they have never made a game where everyone's unanimously went that is the absolute dogs nutties. Yeah, the, the Gearbox, so. Gearbox are um, they, they do two things very well. They take a long time to make games and, and delay them a lot. And they um, they when they finally get them on shelves, they they get a lot of sevens. And this is uh that reminds me, Aliens Colonial Marines is coming out next year. Yeah. Speaking of sevens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been playing? What have I been playing? Yeah, and I'm talking to Andy Kelly. There's two Andys, it's very difficult yeah. for me. I'm the I'm the better Andy. <laughs> certainly the cooler Andy. <laughs> uh what why I haven't played here's an admission of guilt, I haven't played a console game for a while. But I have played a, I have been playing a PC game that is relevant to your interests Interesting. as a console gamer. I like those. Um, because I got a new graphics card. And you know what it's like when you get a new bit of kit. You're just like everything you, you else. Want, you want the graphics also, don't yeah, you? Yeah, nothing else matters. But um, I've been playing the uh, the game DayZ or DayZ if you're from America. And this is a game that, um, that our readers probably heard a lot about. Yeah. Because it's kind of hard to avoid online at the moment, but yeah. most won't have played. Although we haven't heard of a few of them having played it, so there is a sm- there is a slim chance apparently because this game's coming to retail soon. At the moment, yeah. it's a PC mod for Armor, and which a, is a PC military sim. Which the game was yeah. supposed to come to PS360 at one point. But yeah. Imagine that on a controller. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, Daisy is like these the guys who make it, Bohemia, are apparently looking at bringing this to consoles at some point. So this yeah. is actually interesting. It's actually relevant. and just yeah. as a, a bit of gaming. It's an interesting game, right? Yeah, well, they're going to make. I think they definitely are going to make a console version because the the creator of the mod, like it's primarily created by one man uh, who works at Bohemia Interactive who make Armor, and he came out saying that it would be stupid not to do a console version, mm. which is true because his mod has just hit over a million players, and they've all downloaded it for free. 
But because of that, the sales of Armour 2, which you need to play it, this free mod, have shot up. And it's been the t- one, the second or the top selling game on Steam, which is PC distribution platform, for months. So they'd be met- they're missing out on a-, a fortune if they don't bring out consoles. But wh- why it's why it's in- interesting is because it's because he's making it himself in his bedroom. This guy called Dean Hall, uh, he hasn't pandered to anyone or any things that would be deemed accessible or sellable. By by a publisher, mm. so if, if he pitched the game as it is now to a publisher, they'd go, no, no one will like it. Everyone will so, hate it. They won't play it. So what happens? You load up this game for the first time. What happens? Yeah, well, you load, you load up the game for the first time. You appear on a beach uh, in this open world, which is gargantuan. It's massive. It's a massive chunk of Eastern Europe. It's a fictional place, but it's based on real landscape. It looks. It's got a great sort of bleak post-Soviet era kind of. Dingy sun don't shine there. Doesn't yeah, it? it's just really grey, but it's it's beautiful. Like it's beautiful scenery and countryside, and it's a mixture of city. There's like three massive cities: there's countryside, lakes. But you spawn on the beach, and the beach runs down one whole side of the map, and it's different every time you start a game. So you, you're on the beach, and you've got on your backpack, you've got a torch, um, you've got some painkillers and a bandage, and that's all you've got. Yeah, you don't even have a gun. In the early yeah. days of the mod, you would start with a gun as well. Yeah, right? and now the, he, that's the thing about this guy Rocket, the guy that makes it is his online sort of handle. He'll just keep making it harder because he wants the game to be nails. And so you landed on this beach. You don't have a map. You don't know where you are. So if you and two mates decide to play together, he can spawn on a completely different side of the map and you have to figure it out yourself. Yeah, you start... Um, you and I have played this game before yeah. and we had to find one another because we, we, you spawn at a random location on the beach. Yeah. So Andy and I had to find one another, which is tricky to say the least. Now, to do that, you have to be on the same server, but it's worth saying like all of your kit will carry over to any server you yeah. join. So if you disconnect and you come back tomorrow, you'll, still, you'll be back where you left off with all the gear you had. Yeah, and there'll be 50 other humans on this server, yeah. roughly. Uh, and usually somewhere in the region of 300 zombies. Yeah. Which which increases exponentially because the zombies spawn around players. So I've seen as many, I think the highest number of zombies I've seen is like 500. Wow. Um, so yeah, you, you land on the beach, you don't know where you are, and there's no goal. The, well, the goal is to survive, basically. If you die, that's it. It's permadeath. And you can't just sit on the beach and just say, okay, I'm going to stay here forever because you've got to yeah. feed yourself. Yeah, that's, yeah it's, got, um, it's, it's like a, a Sims-style needs meter. So you've got hunger, temperature, so if it's raining and it's nighttime, you're going to have to build a fire to keep warm by chopping down wood and build, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, to keep yourself fed, you've got to uh, risk going into towns and buildings. It's like a loot system, basically, and the loot is tiered. So if you find a pile of loot in a barn that's surrounded by zombies, there's going to be like something good in there, a shotgun. But then it might just be a pile of tin cans. It's really ruthless. So you could spend ages risking life and limb to get in, into a building and find out that it's an empty whiskey bottle. And equally, a, it could have been cleared out by players before you got yeah, there. Yeah, and that's the thing. So you're, you, there's zombies everywhere, and they are mean bastards. They mm. run after you. They can kill you. If they hit you, you bleed, and, and you just slowly die. And they'll chase you forever. That's yeah. something that's, that's, that's always well, on the list to fix. Right? Yeah, well, they have a patch came out just a couple of days ago where that it seems to have gotten better, and if you lose the zombie's line of sight, they will stop chasing you, yeah. but it's really flaky. The game is in alpha stage, it's not even in beta yet, so he's constantly adding features. Um, but the fun of it is um, gathering loot, and you can really get tooled up, you know, because it's got the stuff from armor, so it's got a massive selection of real-world weapons and 
you can get really tooled up with ghillie suits and backpacks and stuff, but you must never get attached to anything because all it takes is one player in the distance crouching in a bush to snipe you and you've lost everything. Yeah. It's totally ruthless. Just like the real, like any zombie apocalypse movie, it's not the zombies who are the bad guys, it's the yeah. other players. You know what? If, now, if, you're, not, you're not necessarily supposed to go in and kill them, but there's nothing stopping you from doing yeah. so. And so it, you could meet up with a bunch of guys and have a good time and be friendly. Yeah, and that has happened, but it's quite rare. If you've ever seen the film The Road, the bit where uh, the, the guy and his son are crouching by the road... Mm. a road and like a, uh, a group of like humans can pass and you think oh maybe they're like other survivors but it turns out they're mental scavengers so it, 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 this lack of supplies is constantly for food and water and ammo and all the zombies makes brings out the absolute worst and also the best in humanity mm. and it's the interactions with players that makes it so interesting where you might as soon as you see another player like you, you'll see zombies and you'll find a way around them at your leisure but if you see another player and he sees you, both of you will freeze. It's a total moment of tension where is he friendly or is he going to shoot me and take my food? Because he might be starving. So the very so, first time Andy and I played, um, we were on the beach. We eventually found one another. But Andy made a real, it took a real long time to meet me because we met at the lighthouse. Because there's a bit of lighthouse you can see from a really long way away. Yeah, you have to meet, look for landmarks to orientate yourself. And so we gradually made our way. He made his way to the, the, the um the lighthouse, and I was waiting for him, but I could see him being followed by someone all the way. And we, uh, you knew he'd been followed, and we, yeah. so we didn't know if this was a hostile guy or whatever, but all we knew is he was following. So and he didn't have a gun visible, but you can holster it, yeah. so he so could have you know, been tooled up. When he, uh, when he finally arrived, we did all the friendly gestures and so on. But hadn't you got injured along the way or something? You had injured yourself? Yeah, I was, I was because on my journey to meet, Maikai to go through one of the most populated cities where yeah. a lot of player killers hang out and, and there's tons of zombies and so I was bleeding out, I was about to bleeding die. Bleeding out. So yeah. I was I was like, Well, we need to fix this, we need to get you to our city because if Ma if Andy dies, he will respawn. It took him an hour and a half to find me in the yeah. first place. So, <laughs> so I wasn't yeah. I wasn't up for that again. So I just did the, the the only thing I could think to do, which was machine gun down the yeah. uh, yeah. machine gun. I had a pistol. Yeah, because we were stood by the lighthouse uh, saluting this guy, yeah. and I was screaming down the headset to Mike, Mike, don't kill him. Seriously, don't kill him. Don't kill him. Because I was like, I feel bad about it because the guy was being friendly. Yeah. <laughs> and Mike, I just saw Mike had his gun and pointed out, but I just heard the pop, yeah. and the guy fell, and he, he typed in the chat window. Sigh, the guy that it's like he's another victim of it. Another victim, yeah. yeah. But I, I said, look, dude, nothing personal. I just needed your bandages, <laughs> and I found we we patched Andy up. We saved his life, yeah. and it, it it makes you into a monster. Like I, I died so many times at the hands of people that I decided that I was going to become the monster, mm. and I sought out another player to kill, shoot, and I shot a guy in the back who had, uh, who was friendly to me, just because it drove me. So that that guy you killed on the beach that day. He might have that might have been the last straw for him, and he's now like the the most primo bandit in Daisy. Like yeah. he's got the the, the night vision goggles Remember and the sniper we were on that rifle. Server and... Where there was a guy who managed to build an entire helicopter. Yeah, because you to to use vehicles in this game, you have to build them first. You yeah. need to assemble the parts. You find the shell of it, but you need the wheels, the engine, the fuel. Getting a vehicle up and running, like Andy and I risked our lives and a good hour of our time just to get 
what we thought was a functioning vehicle, yeah. and it, it turns out it wasn't in the end. Yeah, it had the wheels on it, but obviously the person repairing it must have died before they put... No, no, wait, it had the engine in it, Yeah, it didn't have wheels didn't on have it. Wheels. So the person must have like spent ages getting that engine, but then just died when because there was tons of... Really, wheels. the only realistic way to build a vehicle is to have like a group of you doing it, because yeah. like, you've got to spread out to yeah. do you it. You need like 36 cans of fuel for the helicopter, but... So someone had actually managed to do it, though, and they were flying helicopters, just being nice, just burying people around, yeah, that's... until they landed, jumped out, and someone else was like, it's mine now, yeah, yeah. it. So that, it brings out the best, where you, you had these people ferrying people stranded who type in the chat window I'm stuck on the hospital roof up in Electra or whatever and you can get stuck on roofs and stuff because you could get pinned down by other players you can get pinned down by crowd just hordes of zombies other zombies will just be at the bottom of the ladder yeah. And then, but there's also players like um, there's a video online of uh, two somehow a group of people from something awful forums I think the goons got two helicopters working and just flew up and down the beach strafing new players with a machine gun <laughs> as they spawned <laughs> so it's like it is really that those human interactions are what elevate it because the actual survival gameplay no is, publisher would have allowed this game to exist yeah it's so cruel and but that is the it's scarier than any horror game because there's a real consequence to meeting to dying and also meeting other players and every time you get a new item you think, well, I can't die now because I've got the shotgun, I've got tons of ammo for it. But you, you and I will. spent like 10, 15 minutes just hiding in a house because we were sure we'd heard someone outside. We thought we were being hunted. Oh, yeah, because I, I was on the headset panicking, wasn't yeah, I? You were yeah. freaking me out because like, I was, <laughs> I was kind of okay with it. I was like, look, it was two of us, it's one of them, it's going to be no problem, we'll, we'll take them, we'll take them down. And you were, you were like, I have something. Yeah, because I had someone. Someone laughed oh, on the on. There's a you yeah, can use voice oh, chat yeah. in the game, and it only works if the person's near you. You see local voice chat, and some guy literally went. Bruh. Yeah, so I was like, he's, he's going to get as he's watching us, and like absolutely, totally absolutely certain we were being hunted. You know, but then we, we made our way. We went far in that. Yeah, because we the best idea is to head inland because most players are around the and the coast. best and the best swag is inland yeah. as well. And we went on. We just to picked a direction. And we ended up finding like a castle. Found a castle. And we eventually ended up at the um the northwest airfield. And, yeah. Yeah. And a crossbow. And crossbow we found, was like, great. So you kill zombies silently. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's because guns. Like if you, there's like a Lee Enfield rifle in it, which they call it's nicknamed the dinner bell yeah. by Daisy players <laughs> because as soon as you fire it, you see them all running in. Um, yeah, using guns is just like yeah. a bad idea. And we found like weird sort of sculptures and and weird like yeah. Those, and we finally Soviet made it to the airfield, and, and uh, we knew someone was watching us the entire time. Yeah, but it turned out he was friendly, but he was watching us. Trying to avoid him, he watched us fuck ourselves. Yeah. Because in, in our attempts to avoid being killed by a player who we knew was watching, but we didn't know was hostile, yeah. we went to extraordinary lengths and ended up attracting like a massive yeah. horde of zombies. Well, I've got a great video I took on while I was playing of me bleeding on a rooftop on, on, in this airfield, looking yeah. down at the runway and seeing Mike running down the runway with literally... 80 zombies behind him, a yeah. train of zombies, and he's just and like running, bleeding to death. What you want the video doesn't because I'm, I'm being chased because we got split up because Andy was getting completely smashed. And I, was, I was like, Look, I'll try and draw him away, so I ran away firing my gun. Yeah, now, it was, by then Andy was already on the roof, bleeding out. So I'm doing a lap of this building, running around, and all the way, every zombie is like going, Oh, that looks good, and starts, <laughs> yeah. and starts coming after just me, picking him up one by so one. I ran to the building opposite, like the control tower, climbed to the top. 
I just stood there, and as they climbed the ladder to get me, I'm just unloading my gun. Head, headshots every time. Bang, drop one. Bang, drop one. Bang, yeah. drop one. They can climb ladders, by the way. I had <laughs> they're, a shot- they're not like normal zombies. I had a shotgun as well, so I'm blasting them with that. Eventually, no ammo left. I just had nothing. Yeah. So they ended up taking me down. And we died. And they're not, there's, there's places, the map itself is quite well laid out, but there's always points of interest. And there's certain areas that you learn to avoid. Like, you learn... As you would in any new town or whatever, you learn the places that you shouldn't go. Yeah. And the Northwest Airfield is like this big, massive expanse where helicopters sometimes spawn. There's good swag there. Yeah, but, but... there's like military-grade grade weapons there, but also that attracts players. And there's like, frequently there's like little wars happen on this airfield between different groups of players to like fight over the resources there. Mm. So it's this little micro-society it develops and all these human interactions just bubble over and create... Like 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 a real disaster probably would for society. It would just yeah. send people mm. mental and turn them into animals. Sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds good, yeah. And that could be I could, I could to, see that on the on the next Xbox. Yeah, if if they were brave enough to not it, change yeah. it and say, Oh, you get three lives or whatever, if they keep that ruthless permadeath mm. and that setting intact. Yeah, just then make be just amazing. make it a downloadable game just uh, and just to say say to people like this ain't like the other games you're playing right yeah. now, man. This is uh Word for Dark Souls. Yeah, people underestimate console gamers all the time, but I think console gamers want this game. Yeah. Yeah, I think they would, yeah. It's just it's about the stories, isn't it? It's not necessarily a, about making it, it being hardcore. It's about the stories. Yeah, yeah you, you always come just out like, little... like you've just talked about. Yeah, yeah. If, if you've got a PC and you can run, check the system requirements for Armor Two. If you can run it, definitely buy it and mm. download Daisy, or mm-hmm. just wait for the console version. Yeah, that may or may not exist. Yeah, it probably but, will. Then. No, it's really interesting. That yeah, sounds really cool. Okay, so that is what we've been playing. Um, we're now going to move on to what we're referring to as our developer draft. So people have asked us before what our favorite de- who our favorite developers are. Mm. And I think we could just answer that or we could have some fun with it. And right now over in America, well not right now, recently, over in America, um they've been doing the drafts of different sports. Mm. Yeah, some of the, some of those American sports that I know those nothing American about. sports. So they're drafting players at the moment. So we're going to draft our own teams of developers. We're going to have a five, he's going to have a three five man teams. And maybe we'll pick because they, when they make loads of money, maybe we'll be pick, picking them because they make games we particularly like. Maybe we'll be picking them because they're just interesting creatively or even geographically. Now, just clarify, are we talking developers or development studios? Development studios. Okay, okay. So we're gonna, each of us are going to have a team of five developers. Could we, could we have like a star player, though? Like a, one guy we want on, on the... Yeah, uh, you can have a star player. But yeah. no, you can't pick any team, any uh, development team that anyone else has, uh, has, has picked. And... When you're done, for the rest of time, you're only allowed to play games by this, these developers. That's it. That's the rules. Wow. It's tough, right? It's harsh, yeah. It's tough. So you, you, you're committing to this in a big, bad way. Good God. Now, we have to pick who goes first, because obviously picking first is a big advantage, and I couldn't think of a mm-hmm. fair way to do it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to write a number between one and three on here, and, um, and you guys didn't see it. So you can... One you, you, I'm going to give Andy, first, Andy K, no, Andy H, first pick... And if you get it right, you go first. I'll give you second pick. And if you get it right, you go first. And if you get it wrong, I'll go first. All right. Okay? Try. Two. He's get, he goes first. And we proceed in a clockwise direction. It was, yeah. it was two. It's, uh, oh, okay. There you go. So, this is going to be fun, I think. And you have, I think so. Let's see if you've got some good reasons as well. Andy, your first pick. Your first star pick. pick. Let's have a solid pick. Uh, I'm going to go with dice. Dice? Having dice. A bit of Battlefield. A bit of Battlefield. And a bit of frostbite engine. Ooh, because that's mm. used in everything. So yeah, nice offices as well. Nice offices. Yeah, there's yeah. the uh, Dice's smoking. I'll try and drop a bit of trivia about every studio we mention. Mm. Dice's smoking balcony 
is this list essentially in everyone else every other studio is a grubby little hole where all the smokers gather mm-hmm. all the snout casts uh, at Dice the smoking room is a balcony which looks out across all of Stockholm's Bay mm-hmm. it's the most beautiful place to smoke it's just a little bunch of but a bunch of grey developers sitting there puffing away on their, <laughs> yeah. on, on I their mean, flags. they've got loads of windows in there as well that just look out, and it's a lovely open-plan office. It's gorgeous. It's a hell of a venue. And they make some great tech, and, yeah, Battlefield's brilliant. And I never get to play Battlefield again. Because hmm. mm, you didn't pick them. No, but no, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with Valve. Oh, Valve. Because now my team is the richest team in the world. We've got Steam which means we're publishing everyone else's games. And we also make Half-Life. Not often, mind you. But when we do make Half-Life 3, I'll get to play when you it. decide to make a game. Yeah, yeah when we, if, we, right. if, we ever, if we ever make a game again, then it's, I'm really going to enjoy playing so that game. To, to clarify, this, this dream game, theoretical game, or these games that we'll play for the rest of time, they can be because we want them to be the best possible game or the most lucrative. Whatever you want. Well, another thing to bear in mind is when you've assembled your team, there, those, those developers will be working together under the same publisher, Andy Kelly Publishing, uh, which yeah, means they yeah, can yeah. collaborate on stuff as well, which okay. might be, which could be yeah, an interesting yeah. thing. Right. But most importantly, it's kind of about um, what what drives you. In my case, yeah. I want I want a well-funded team. So Valve are my, my premier pick. With billionaire Gabe Newell. Billionaire mm. Gabe Newell right at the top. With his vast wealth. Me and Bill can hang out. We'll, we'll, we'll hang out in his jacuzzi. Top heavy structure. <laughs> <laughs> go on, Andy. All right. I'm going to go for Kojima Productions. Kojima, Kojima. Productions, Koch Pro. Because yeah. I, I, I think uh, they might not make games that are considered... I mean, a lot of like the Metal Gear games are, have got a lot of problems with them. They're not the best games, but I think no one understands video games as a medium better than Hideo Kojima. And having him as a consultant, that anyone can call upon. Yeah, and that's, he, that's a powerful thing. He understands. He doesn't want to make. I mean, it sounds absurd to say that he doesn't want to make movies. Of course he does. But he also balances that off by by making games that are so gamey, and little gameplay tweaks, and you know, games like Peace Walker, and all the mechanics in Snake Eater, are just like it's just the perfect sort of expression of a video game he's constantly reminding you you're playing a video game yeah ever since psychomantis you know yeah yeah and like he's not afraid to break the fourth wall and he'll put these little quirky mechanics in and little weird things and easter eggs and he just mm. he just has fun with it he doesn't want to make a totally pole-faced you know hyper real military shooter i've talked to the japanese developers before and i, I sometimes ask you know who's the best developer in the world and they all say Kojima. Yeah. They all say Kojima, without exception. Not Shigeru Miyamoto anymore. They all say Kojima. And when asked why, uh, the most common answer, and it was Suda who said this first, and I think everyone sort of said it since, uh, it's the detail. They said that he, yeah. d- he literally doesn't accept second best. If he has a gun in a game, it will be the most detailed version of that gun <laughs> yeah. ever modelled, yep. and it will be just, it will be perfect. He won't accept second best. And when you reload that gun, it will reload exactly as you would have to reload that gun in real life. You know, that's the kind of mental, mentaloid attention to detail he brings yeah. to the game. And he, he's, he's got a good sense of the absurd. Um, you know, he's got a good sense of humour. And he's, he's really, you can see on his Twitter feed if you follow that, he's, he's so plugged into film and music and... You know the the Metal Gear games are always bang on. He's just with a media pop consumer. Big yeah, like there's such an uh, an homage to media of all kinds, and he, and he's, he does attempt for his games, albeit in a mental way, to say something as well. And not always successfully, but I mean, like 
Metal Gear Solid uh, 3 was a game which actually challenged you as a player to go outside and do something other than play games. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. How, ma- how many developers would do that? And, you know, even did that with his Nintendo uh, GBA game that had a, a solar panel in it. Because yeah. he wanted people to go out and charge up the end-game weapon with mm. the actual sunlight. So, like that, I think Kojima is—he's my favorite game developer, and he's such a—he's such a great asset to the whole medium. And I've got to have him on my in my draft. Mm. Andy, Other right, Andy. right. So I've got my—I've got my—I've got dice. Got dice. I'm gonna have Rockstar North. Rockstar North. He's just—you've just, uh, just made—he's just made a load of money. Yeah, just made a load of money, and I've just bought a lot of cool. I've yeah. bought a lot of credibility. You, you've, you've brought sexy back to your team. I have brought sexy time. back. You, your game Di- will have the best soundtrack. Di- Dice are sort of like the geeks. You know, <laughs> yeah. they they make great tech, and they're they're all you know they're sort of cool and Swedish. But I've just bought Rockstar North, and they make the coolest games in the world. Yeah. So that's they've got to be on my team. Yeah. Got to be there. I'm gonna have. Plat- they don't make them very often. No. They do make them when they do make them. I'm gonna have platinum. You've also uh, oh, means you the space between your games coming out will be. Uh, yeah, <laughs> astronomical. Yeah. Yeah. Dice can shut out a game every year, and uh, you know, or every other year, and Rockstar North can again, get, get back to you in 2016. You've got Valve though. So. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going with Platinum for the, the third one. The oh, second I was one. eyeing up Platinum actually. Platinum um, make the best action games in the world. It's a purely selfish pick. I like action games. I like uh, Metal Gear Rising. I like Bayonetta. I like Anarchy Reigns as well, which you can buy right now if you were if you cared to import it. It's mm. actually region unlocked on mm. 360, so you can go to PlayAsia.com or one of your favourite importing website and import a copy of Anarchy Reigns right now. It's mm. a great game. I even like Mad World, another great game. Like Platinum, haven't made a bad game. I want those are the kind of winners I want my team. Dice, they've made bad games. Rockstar North have made bad games because human productions have made bad games. Platinum. Not a bad game among them. Valve, not a bad game among them. I got a team of winners already. Yeah, big boys already. Team Andy, right, I'm going to go for another. Uh, see, I'm avoiding. I'm avoiding the really big boys. I mean, because your Productions is massive, but I'm avoiding the giants, and also the giants have already been taken. But I'm going to go for Rocksteady. Rocksteady, mm. because no one, I no developer to... understands. Damn it, that's the I want uh, of those guys. I guess like Unreal Engine. It's important, and no one understands that engine better than them. It's it's epic, then them. It's like yeah. there nobody gets the Unreal Engine the way they do. And they, uh, I mean, there's going to be a lot. There's probably going to be a strong Japanese influence in my selections. Rocksteady uh, have said many times that they love Metroid, and that's why the structure of the Arkham games is like Metroid, mm. Metroidvania, where it's the backtracking and the coming coming across a locked door and thinking, how could I possibly get up there, and then getting the gadget and coming back. And I love that. That structure is great, and I think the the structure of their game is almost sort of kind of Japanese in its sensibilities. But then they bring that Western production value and that punch to it, and they they've reappropriated a license. They they they've made the, the perfect license game where they've taken the license and put their own spin on it. So their versions of the villains in Batman are all their versions. Mm. Um, they're not completely just based on existing tropes. They put their own little bit of magic in. So that that imagination. And that mastery of the Unreal Engine and tech like that, uh, yeah, Rocksteady are the bomb. Yeah, they are the bomb. Are There's no us, doubt yeah. that their Batman now is a Batman which stands alone. It's their universe, you know. Yeah. It's, it's theirs. They don't. They've completely owned it. And the... you see, for my next pick, I'm torn. I've decided my my last two because they're sort of more wild cardy ones. Mm-hmm. I sort of need like another solid performer, and I'm torn between two. And I'll let you know the decision in a minute. But my next pick is UB Montreal. UB Montreal, yeah. They're good. Yeah. They're now, good. 
it was between them and Bioware. Yeah. Bollocks to Bioware because they're based in Edmonton and that place is Edmonton a sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Because <laughs> you're, you're, you're running a studio, you're the coach, you're the, you're the boss at the studio, you're going to have to do a studio visit at some yeah. point. And there ain't no, I mean, if you've been to Montreal and you've been to Edmonton, you're never going back to Edmonton. Yeah, you never want to go there. But Montreal is a beautiful city, beautiful mm. ladies. Yeah, yeah. Nice food. Nice food. If, if you like chips. Nice architecture. Gravy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, the, build, the building that they're based in is it's nice on the outside and, well, full of uh, grey corridors and locked rooms on the inside. But uh, the, no, I went, I went and saw Assassins and Far Cry a few months ago and the, yeah, they're actually absolutely lovely set of people and they make great games. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're two of the, the biggest games this year and I think they're going to be two of the best games this year. Well, in keeping with my team of winners, a team which accepts no losses, would never take a defeat, I'm going to go with Irrational Games. Oh, yeah. God damn it. That's you got Ken Levine. I got because you see what you want is you want Ken Levine on your team so that you can mm. te- you can have them talking with Codge yeah. and have them knocking ideas back and forth. Ken and Ken and Gabe together at last. I'm not gonna let that happen. So uh, uh, <laughs> oh, right. irrational. There, that's, um, that's a tactical. That's a tactical draft. It's just turns out like a bizarre it. board game. Yeah. 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 See, everything about irrational is much like Valve. They're not going to produce a lot of games, but when they do, it's guaranteed brilliant. It's going to be a perfect game. Uh, and a game that the whole world anticipates, looks forward to. I want that game in Mikey's uh, Mikey's publisher. I want I want to <laughs> be publishing that game. And like you say, I, I get they get to uh, they get to talk to Valve. Valve gets to talk to them. And every year, meanwhile, Platinum are going to be pumping out two brilliant games. <laughs> it's, it's looking good for Mikey's team. How many? How many are we going to? Uh, it's five total. Five. See, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of a wild card here, and I might, I might throw it in. But if so, if it's one you think no one else is going to pick, you might want to save it to the end. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You see, my my, might... my next two, I guarantee neither of you will pick. Yeah, the one I'm thinking of, I don't. Well, think well, I, I guarantee pick. one of them that you won't. Right, pick. I'm gonna, I'm gonna save the wild card and go for uh, something more obvious. See, I'm trying. I'm thinking about my. I'm thinking about how my guys. Well, I guess everyone is how they went interact. interact. And I think, yeah. I think Kojima and Rocksteady. Or it would be a great. They'd come up with some amazing ideas. Rocksteady like playing with developers. Good gamers' minds as well. They like yeah. Messing, they did the scarecrow yeah. stuff. Yeah, the scarecrow. That's stuff. a very Kojima technique. And I actually said that to them when we did the cover story on Batman a few yeah. years ago. And they said, "Oh yeah, we're very influenced by the stuff mm. Kojima's done." Your game's going to be busting on the fourth and fifth wall. <laughs> <laughs> I know. This just console just turn itself off. Managing director <laughs> David Lynch. <laughs> All right. Oh, I've got. I'm in a bit of a jam now because. All the ones I wanted have been taken. It, you picking a rationalist throwing me off. Yeah, because I was just I was just so ready to say so I'm, getting, I'm taking Ken Levine. Spark yeah. Unlimited still available. <laughs> you, can have, you, can, you can have Spark. Creators of the excellent Turning Point Fall of Liberty. Have you right. off Shanghai for like boats? Yeah, do you like boats? Right, I'm going to throw my wild card. Two <laughs> K Marin. Two K Marin. Um, and there's a good reason for it. Uh, it's mainly for one for for one of their studio heads, the great Jordan Thomas. Yeah. Um, who is known as, as the man that created uh, the uh, cradle? Well, yeah, one of the greatest levels. Created the, in, created uh, the cradle in Thief Three, and he yeah. also created uh, the Sandra Cohen level in Bioshock. We mentioned yeah. him quite mm. a lot. Um, we mentioned him quite a lot because the guy's literally a genius. Yeah, and he he uh, Bioshock Two. Um, I love Bioshock Two. Um, Remember that it was that studio which produced. Um, although the guy who's left for his own company now, the Fulbright Company, the guy who uh, was the lead developer on. Um, on Minerva's Den, the DLC, yeah. probably the best bit of DLC ever. Yeah, yeah. That guy was with 2K Marin at the time as well. Yeah, yeah, he was. And um, I interviewed Jordan Thomas about Bioshock 2, and he's just one of the most 
entertaining and intelligent guy developers I've ever spoken to, and he really does get games. And he, and that level design, if you play the Cradle, if you play um, the Arcadia, mm. uh, Sander Cohen stuff, and Bioshock, he really he is good at telling a story. And uh, little, you know, like I, I think the that great scary moment in Bioshock where you hack the safe and turn around and there's a splicer right behind you. I think that was yeah. his idea as well. So he's got a very good knack for level design. So yeah. I think with his level design, design smarts, I mean, imagine like the cradle with sort of rock steady tech and some Kishima moments of madness in it. So the one thing I'll say about that though is you're, 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 when you, when now you've drafted these guys, yeah. you've got the, the stinker that is uh, XCOM. To get out the door before yeah. you can start Ooh. on anything else. See, I, I don't. I'm, I'm, and that's not XCOM Enemy Unknown. The Fire Axis good XCOM. This is the XCOM that's causing 2K so many problems. It gets delayed every. I'm, five I'm, I'm remaining cautiously optimistic about XCOM. That's that's the, the, the learning shooter. process. That, yeah. I think it has to be a good game because A, it's had so much money invested, in it, and B, it's got an amazing team. But whatever has happened along the way, it doesn't bode well for that yeah. game. And I think, um, but the XCOM, I mean, even like the art style of that, they've taken. I don't think they should have called it XCOM. They should have made it a completely separate game. But I love that kind of um, 50s Americana thing they've got yeah. going with the really weird geometric cube alien smashing into sort of white picket fences and stuff. That's cool. Like, they they get... They, they've got a good sense of the aesthetic and and they can just make cool universes and cool weird stuff. So I think mm. I'm going to take two camera in. And obviously I'm not damn playing the... the the talented people that work in that studio, but primarily I just wanted Jordan Thomas. So... <laughs> There we go. Rest of can pick up their P45. I'm going to go for 2K Sports. 2K Sports? Damn, that's, that's a good one. That, um, that's a good one. That gives me both massive appeal in terms of America. But what 2K Sports do is they know what fans want mm. and they make what fans want. Mm. So they're basically the massive, they're, the, they're like the community operation of my, of my big team. They 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 implement all the stuff that that their players actually say that they want. Mm. So I think they're very important. And you know, like, it's good for studio culture. Well, the graphics as well. You you all know, like you know, I, I love to love, yeah. love to NBA two K and and like it's so far ahead of other sports games. It's not even funny. If I mean, you, only Madden. If comes you look at a YouTube video of NBA two K being played and you squint a little bit, it looks like real life. Yeah. yeah, it's the closest we come to photorealism on this generation of consoles. Yeah. So I'm having them on my team, and I'm seeing them tomorrow. Hey. Hey. Like so your, I'll tell, them. I'll tell them they were drafted for. Ask them for a job. Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, my uh, my Danish friends at IO. Oh, interesting. Really? Well, you do you do uh, are one of the world's most enthusiastic <laughs> Ken Lynch two fans. The defenders, I would say. <laughs> defenders. Yeah. Of, of, yeah. How do you feel about mini ninjas? <laughs> I don't. I what I would do is I would have them pump out mini ninjas game for iPhone. Mm. And I would have them with a tiny little team, and then the rest of the time they can make me Hitman games and Kane and Lynch games. I think now they've got the engine in place for a uh, new Hitman. Mm-hmm. I think there will be a new Kane and Lynch, and I think it will use that engine. Uh, those guys internally love Kane and Lynch because like, every time I interview these guys, I always say to them like, "Don't listen to any bullshit about Kane and Lynch. That game was good." Well, the second one was, and they all say, "Yeah, first one like we know it wasn't quite mm-hmm. right." And the second one was a genuinely decent game. Uh, I know it's not to everyone's taste, but I really enjoyed it. They know it's not to everyone's taste, but they really enjoyed making it. We will see another Kane Lynch game. That's It'll brave. be running on badass tech. Mm-hmm. 
before Hetman's even come out of the water, if Hetman turns out to be a total turkey. And I don't think it will. It's true, but, it could do, it could so do. So it's brave of you to pick them up before what could be like... <laughs> They've got a big bomb to drop, yeah. The fall from grace, the final... Uh, no. Yeah. This is where you take a risk on a player which might be injured, you know? Mm, he's, yeah. got, he's got a dodgy knee, but he's, <laughs> he's, he reckons he's going to be fit for the new season. I'm banking on their fitness for them being game ready in the new season. I like that, I like that choice. That's two good choices there. Yeah. All right. Sandy Kelly's thinking hat time again. CCP. CCP? Yeah. Developers of EVE Online and Dust514. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That CCP? <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. CCP who have made, uh, who have mastered the MMO and mm. online community. And emergent gameplay yeah, in a way that yeah. no other developer ever has. And that, I think, it's not so much because, yeah, they haven't, they haven't developed an Xbox game yet. They've developed a PS3 it's supposed dust. to come to Xbox. Yeah, which, you know, I don't, I don't really care about Dust, but EVE is one of the most sophisticated online games and communities, and all these amazing stories come out of it, and having that online know-how and ability to create a community that builds itself is... Because online gaming is going to be massive, and Kojima Productions rock steady and 2K Marin aren't... Uh, You're going to have a constant moneymaker in CCP, but yeah. while, 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 while there's one thing. They, they can build these worlds, they can build these universes, but you've only done it once. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't go for Blizzard. Yeah, well, that's that, that's the thing. I was toying between Blizzard and CCP, but CCP are so After much... Diablo 3, Blizzard are an injured yeah. company. Yeah, well, and they've, they got, are, they've, got, they've got the old dodgy knee right now. Let's not forget they still have World of Warcraft and StarCraft. That's true. It's, that will bankroll all the other mm. stuff. Like Blizzard are good, but I'd show CCP because they've got a more innate understanding of how online communities work, and they, they support... Like, there was a recent a big event in, in EVE Online where there was going to be this massive trolling attack on a system to protest uh, a change in the game rules. So millions of players were descending, or thousands of players were descending on this one system just to clog up the servers. And CCP then banned people. They went, they promoted it, and they they spoke internally and done posts saying this is happening. They embraced it because it's their community. And they so they, they understand online communities and online programming. That's an important thing, the programming of online games. So I, I'm not hiring CCP because for their world burning. I think the EVE universe is quite pretty in a kind of hard sci-fi way, but it's not for that. It's for their online smarts. And they do really classy interfaces and stuff like that. And so I think with them, online is really important. I mean, I need someone in my, my team who absolutely can nail online. Mm. And I think CCP have just edge over Blizzard for me because Blizzard have made some mad decisions of late. Mm. And the you know, their community stuff, their community is quite angry and doesn't really like them, whereas everyone loves CCP. Yeah. So I think that's... I think, I think I've made a, the smart the smart choice there. <laughs> he says pushing his glasses <laughs> up his nose. Andy H. Right. It's my last pick. None of you would guess this. It's a, it's a platform exclusive developer. Mm -hmm. So it's owned by Sony. Mm -hmm. Sony Cambridge. Sony Cambridge. Well, I don't even know what they've done. Little Big Planet. Oh uh, yeah. Media Molecule. Is what you're talking about. Media Molecule. Yeah. Oh, they called Sony Cambridge. No, right? Sony Cambridge are a different studio. They're the same thing. They're based. They're both based in Cambridge, but Media Molecule are their, their own thing. Media Molecule. So you want Media Molecule, oh, right. right? Yeah, I love them. Interesting. Yes. Why? Because they're a lot of fun. They make games that are a lot of fun, um, and they're really creative with what they do. I mean, Little Big Planet essentially turned the PlayStation into like it turned it from this crappy black expensive box which ran slightly dodgy 360 ports 
uh, into a console that you had to own because it had a game on it that you couldn't play anywhere else. Yeah. And I think what they're doing with Terraways is going to be the same for Vita. It's interesting you go with them and not Naughty Dog of the um of the uh mm. of the Sony Studios. I've already got quite a few blockbuster studios. I I want I want a, a studio with a lot of creativity and a lot of fun, a fun mm. culture. So there's a lot of guys I could go with for my last pick. Um obvious ones would include Bungie. Yeah, we haven't mentioned them. I mentioned them at all. Uh you know, you're talking about EA sports teams. Like, I would quite like the Tiger Woods team, please. Mm. But yeah, it's like a and there's incredible talent there. Is it Montreal? Where they, you know, Vancouver. Vancouver. Yeah, yeah the Vancouver Studios. Just amazing stuff. You know, you even looking across Europe, there's dozens of great studios. There's Jaeger. There's uh, Mercury Steam. There's loads of great Eastern European studios. Eurocom. But I'm, I'm yeah. I'm, but I'm all about the blockbusters. Yeah. So I'm going to, and you know, although that doesn't discount Bungie, it is worth saying that Bungie's last really good game was probably ODST or arguably Halo 3 because a lot of people don't dig ODST. Um, and the next thing they're doing, Destiny, will probably be huge, but who knows. Mm. I'm prepared to take a gamble. I'm going to go on a reliable company that I, whose games I play I think I know what you're every say. week uh, and enjoy regularly and just always have fun with. Turn 10. Mm. Turn ten. I um I play Forza is the game I go to whenever it's my comfort game. Whenever I feel lonely, whenever I feel sad, whenever I've uh, whenever I've uh, uh, you know got a, got an hour to kill. Mm-hmm. If I if I haven't got a new game to play, I'll return to Forza. So turn ten are my studio, and I also like that these guys they are technological innovators. They actively seek out the latest technologies. They actively embrace ideas that other developers would are genuinely afraid to do putting rewind into the game just giving you infinite rewind and it's not and it's not saying then accepting their community's going to go but that spoils the game now i can just fix any mistake i make and they go don't press the back button then. don't press the rewind button because when codemaster did it they made it a thing that was limited it was finite you had to spend it only when it was essential these guys said you know what you get as much of it as you want uh, they had their modelers design the most detailed car models in video game in you know game history uh, probably even in like you know computer history they they've got the best models and they're all set for the next generation and not just that they've got amazing track designers no one designs better tracks than those guys when they go off the grid forget the real world tracks some of them are good some of them are bad some of them are just don't work for the kind of cars you'll be driving around them but their own designs are amazing this is something that can't be said for the guys at Polyphony these days. They don't embrace change. They don't embrace new technologies. They don't embrace online features. No. They don't embrace the kind of customization that Forza offers. Forza is the best racing game in the world. As far as I can tell, it will be the best racing game in the world for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I think so. I want turn 10. Andy, you've got the last pick. Can't. Now, so I'm, I'm going to wait for you to pick, and I'm yeah. going to tell you the the massive companies that we haven't got. Yeah. I will say Nintendo are off the table. You can't no. just have Nintendo. Yeah, they're, they're always their own entity. Yeah. But there are many others that we haven't talked about. But let, let him make his pick. No, no. Well, well, we should do it after this. We'll, we'll, go, we'll do a rundown of who we, who we didn't even mention. Yeah. Mm. Consider. Well, I thought about... I thought... But I almost immediately abandoned Bethesda because as much as I love them, they, there's a lot of stuff they don't do magnificently well. Their their uh, technical chops don't often match their ambition. What mm. about if you put their ambition with the, some of the technical devs? That, exactly. That yeah, that's the thing. It's list. all a balancing act. Yeah, with imagine Bethesda got you know the Fox engine or something. You mm. know, 
That's that. That's exciting. But I, I'm not gonna. They're not getting in. I'm got, sorry, got Bethesda. From I've, just, I've literally just as many thought. Of, I've literally just as many thought of a major omission from my team, which I definitely would want. And uh, I'm gonna leave Andy to pick his before I even mention it. All right. I've just been. I've been thinking about it the whole time you were saying yours as well. And I just can't. I don't make. I'm, I'm bad decision maker. I always feel like I'm gonna miss someone amazing at. Yeah, we've all missed someone Inevitably, amazing. Yeah, yeah. All right. Here it is. Here he comes. The one we've all been waiting for. Yeah. All right. C- CD project. CD project. Yeah. That Developers is a wild of card. The Witcher. Yeah, and you know I don't even really like. I don't really even think The Witcher is that amazing. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, but I think those guys, uh, when it comes to technology, those guys are pros. It's like well, many of those Eastern like European shows. With a 30-man team, they yeah. made that game. Yeah, put a Polish, the Polish, aren't they? They're the, the, the development equivalent of cramming an elephant into a mini. Yeah, and imagine, imagine that, uh, imagine that talent being given a mega budget, yeah. you know, and being given a four. What, what's this team size? Probably about five hundred by now. Yeah, well, probably more like a thousand people. Yeah, so I, I that, can see this. It's, a, see it's this. a mad one. I mean, I've, I've, I've been. Mine is a bit of a weird spread, but I, I, I tend to like. Prefer, uh, you know, I like a developer that's a little bit smaller, but got a little bit of, you know, a little bit of fire in them. Your list is weird, man. I know. So let's go through the uh, through the teams. Mm. So Mike, Team Mike has Valve, Platinum, Irrational, IO, and Turn Ten. It's a strong team. Team Andy has Dice, Rockstar North, UB Montreal. Wish I had UB Montreal. Two K Sports, Media Molecule, and Team Andy K has Cudge Pro. Rocksteady, 2K Marin, CCP, CD Project. Yeah, so you're, the last you're three are to mental. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think I think mine. I think there's a a, cop, a perfect storm in there of yeah. talent that yeah. just with Kojima at the at the top of the table. I'd like him in charge. He'd be my set number two. Well, I think my <laughs> he'd, be <your> he'd be <laughs> right. So he so can be my number two. So mate. your justification is essentially you've got the ultimate team of creatives. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, my my list was primarily on based on tech, mm. uh, both online and and uh, you know traditional game tech, and also just Im- imagination and 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 fire. Yeah, yeah. Cuts by guts. Hey, the guys who made The Witcher had like hours of the game that you would never see if you made certain choices. Mm. You know, yeah. That's brave. I, love, I like that. I love that bravery. Bravery is a big thing. Brave so, innovators. Andy K is brave innovators. Yeah. Team Brave Innovator. Andy, what made you choose yours? I think my team might be a bit of a cop-out, but it's sort of an all-rounder. It covers everything you'd probably want to you cover. You mean Montreal alone on their own? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, cover but like, I, I chose Dice because they're tech and, and North because they make great games and because they're cool. And you'd be Montreal because you know they know how to make, like they know how to communicate and make a proper game mm. all happen. 2K because of the community and Media Molecule because of the fun. So, so what do you call this team if you had to sum up in two words? Uh, I don't know. Team Blockbuster, maybe? Team Blockbuster. Team Blockbuster. Okay. No association with the, uh, well, they're not quite bankrupt video store, but, you know. Or the game show. Or so the game show, yeah. My, um, my team is mostly like in, entirely selfish. So I'm going to be Team Selfo. Team Selfo. Team Selfo. Because... Basically, having Valve in, on there, it wasn't even really for massive um, for not for um, Half Life Three. It was because 
as soon as you bring Vile on board, you go from having a rich studio to being motherfucking rich. Yeah. You're like, you, now you got you have you have money that you can just tell anyone else in the world to go piss up a rope. Like, they, no one can touch you for money now. Mm. You have the richest studio imaginable. Um, but more than that, it's games I just love to play. I love to play Platinum's games. I love to play mm. Irrational's games. I love mm. to play IO's games. I love to play mm. Team t- Turn 10's games. Now, we've got... A mixed studios that aren't going to play nice. Valve and Platinum are not going to play well together. Platinum have <laughs> no. never done a PC game. But Irrational and Valve are going to get on just fine. IO and Valve are going to get on just fine. Turn 10, I'm going, to, I'm going to have those guys bring their power to PC, bring it to the next generation Xbox and so on. We're going to have incredible tech from Turn 10. Incredible games, just good old-fashioned games from Platinum. Real like boundary-pushing narrative stuff from Irrational, and even from IO. And loads and loads of money from Valve. Yeah. This is a uh, scene, but you know, you know who I wish I'd gone for? For one reason and one man, I wish I'd gone for Id, because I would have got John Carmack. Oh, mm. damn it, Id. I should have got John Ed. Carmack, because oh, imagine, yeah. imagine what happens when you put John Carmack inside Valve. Yeah, yeah. Stop dicking around with Id, because he owns a stake in, obviously, so he's going to yeah. stay with Id. You put him inside Valve, and Valve go, hey, John, here's all the money in the world. Oh, I should have taken go John nuts. Carmack. Go nuts. So you like, you like head mounting displays? Fine, we'll build you one. Yeah. We'll, we'll throw mm. we'll throw a, a, a ten million dollars at building one. When you just watch, for the hell of it. that guy speaks another language. He, he talks about tech like it's in yeah. la, like a language. You see his tweets and he's like, "Oh, they're insane, impenetrable." Yeah, that's you need that. I should have picked Ed. Yeah, no, no I'm happy well, with my choice. Speak, speaking of should have picked, right? Yeah. Notable omissions. You you touched on Bethesda, Bungie, Bioware, Bungie, Bioware, Bioware. Big one, I, yeah. I toyed with Bioware, but yeah, you did. didn't pick him. Naughty Dog, as you mentioned. Naughty Dog are a big one, of course. They're great, great developers. Yeah. You wouldn't have the Yaiko team from Sony because you, you, well, you want to play because you want a game release sometime. game. Don't yeah. you? Well, I did. I did want Formidable Wader, but it's too risky. Mm. Yeah, for me to Wader, it's just taken what eight years to produce a game and, yeah. and then got kicked off. Of I it. want his brain, but I want someone who's better at making games to make yeah. his games. Who else? All the, the, the all the Capcom studios, the makers of the best-selling game ever. <laughs> oh yeah, Infinity, Treyarch. Oh, yeah Infinity Ward. Infinity Ward, yeah, there's yeah. nobody left there. But we haven't gone for Respawn because we don't know no. what we're going to well, get. No, you yeah. literally don't know what you're going to get. No, they, they you might, might get a box of chocolates, oh, you might get a turd in the box. The big white box elephant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so none of that. So who else haven't we got? We haven't got. Um, no one no went for Epic. No no one for Epic, which was strange because when Andy K went for Tech, I was thinking he was going to go for Epic. Yeah, I just think I think Rocksteady have done better. I prefer what Rocksteady have done with the Unreal Engine than anything yeah. Epic have done with it's it. True. Which, is, mm. which is mad because they invented it. But yeah, if you if you've got if you've got Epic, you've got everyone else by the balls, haven't you? Because you say you want to use our engine, you want to use it. Yeah. No, you be Paris. No, you no, be Paris at all. Wow. Ghost Recon. Almost put Obsidian. Almost put Obsidian. I know it's a wild one because they've only, they've, they've you know I only knew. They've got Vegas good storytellers of that studio. That's the thing, right? story yeah. t- they've got Chris Avalon who wrote Planescape. Josh, Josh Sawyer as well. Yeah. And Josh Sawyer who are great men, but I'd, it was too risky. No, um, oh, who's Tim Schafer's company? Double, double Fine. fine. Oh, yeah, I love fine. Double Fine. Yeah. I just don't think they have a uh, the great Double Fine. They're never gonna have just, a hit, are they? Yeah. No. They're not, they're not, yeah. And you know what? Even like their games are never even that ambitious. Yeah, mm. they're just clever and imaginative, but they are never like. Here's the next See, wave, you know. Step. I might, I might try and, I might try and get Tim Schafer. To no, <laughs> I, think, I think if you had um, Ubisoft Paris, someone you know, you could throw in uh, Michel Ansel's team into that as well. And he's, I know he's, a ma- he's a Rain, maverick, though. He's making Rayman and stuff at the moment, but like that guy is another big brain. He, d- he doesn't tell them what he's doing. So yeah. he, what, what are you up to, Michel? And he's like, 
He doesn't, doesn't reply for weeks, yeah. and then he goes, "Yeah, I'll climb the mountain." No the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I Paris. Like Bungie, I think is probably like a, is like a genuinely huge omission, considering yeah. they are the hit makers on 360. They made 360, mm. but. Who knows what they're producing next? Yeah, yeah we, we have an idea, but it could go either way. We actually the, uh, have very few Activision studios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they haven't got that many studios, have they? No, not anymore. Harmonics. Harmonics. Harmonics is it really yeah, I don't want Harmonics. Dance Central's good, but I don't want them. We didn't, we didn't pick, uh, like you said, uh, EA Vancouver, who make FIFA. And, and FIFA's a great game. FIFA's a great game, yeah. And it, and it sells it sells. At, we didn't pick Insomniac. Activity. Insomniac making mm. Fuse right now. What about First in, shots out at the moment. Yeah. Black Box, what did they do? Escape. Yeah, EA Black yeah. Box. I was, I was toying with them as well, but... Oh, we don't have Visceral. Visceral, no. yeah. We don't, have, we don't have Criterion. But it's, again, oh, yeah. uh, or Crytek. Or Crytek, yeah. Criterion and Crytek, we don't have either of those. Yeah. Um, I can say no Capcom teams whatsoever, not the Dead Rising team, not the Street Fighter team. The Street Fighter team would have been a good one. Too. No Sega teams, although I would consider drafting Creative Assembly. Yeah, they're a good team at Creative, Creative Assembly. Yeah. would be a good Crytek's draft. a mad one, I think. I think, quite, I think CryEngine... Now that they've made it open to developers, there's going to be in a lot more games. That Bring it the over. The ne- next generation, I think it could be... I mean, if they get it into hands faster than an Epic get Unreal 4 into hands, it could easily be the next generation choice. Remember on PS2, every game had powerful. a renderware at the start, yeah. and every original Xbox game, pretty much. It'll be like that, I think. And of course, now it's there's this generation... The last generation's engine was renderware. It's GTA ran on it. Yeah. This generation's engine is uh, Unreal. Yeah. So is next generation going to still be Unreal, or is it going to go Cry to Engine, yeah. CryEngine? Mm. We didn't have Blizzard. No Blizzard, but for good reasons, yeah. like after Diablo. Yeah, yeah. You said and also, like everyone else is going free to play, and they're absolutely adamant that uh, that World of Warcraft stays subscription only. I think mm. that's a big mistake. Free to play is the future of MMOs. They, have, they made it free to play up to level twenty, but you can get there and like. 10 hours so yeah. it's by no means a long time it's a nice time, start but, though but yeah. you know what we another studio that none of us even thought to include uh, the developers of literally the biggest game on earth Riot Games League of Legends mm. oh yeah, yeah and again from a console space it's a game we wouldn't even think to include yeah. but there's a reason Christina Norman one of the lead designers on Mass Effect left to join those guys because yeah. they're the big boys like you know, it doesn't matter how big your Mass Effect trilogy is, because League of Legends is giving more hands also, than that entire trilogy put together. You know, you know, also she got to leave Edmonton. That's <laughs> most likely what caused. You know who I wanted to put in? I didn't. Um, I wanted to put Remedy in. So I love Remedy, and yeah. I'd love to see Kojima brainstorming with Sam, Sam, uh, Ooh, so Sam like, Lake, and, yeah. and the guys mm. at Remedy because they've got that similar weird fourth wall thing going on. Yeah, that would be great. Kojima and Remedy would be a great little, but it just it just wasn't. They aren't enough. They don't have enough power like, power behind them. To make it like Max Payne and Alan Wake, I've had, I felt a bit old, you know, yeah. sort of stuck in the past a bit. How about uh, Twenty Two Cans, Peter Molyneux? You, oh, uh, just just for Molyneux, he's, he's a risk factor. Isn't he, he is yeah. a risk. He's a maverick. <laughs> he's properly. He's a, a maverick. Like you know, you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> I respect oh, I tell him. You what, but though, he's, um, uh... Junction Point, Warren Spector's team. Oh, yeah, they, they've yeah, got yeah. a hell of a team there. Because I mean, Warren Spector always says like he basically his design approach is he lets his designers design. Yeah. And yeah. then they come up with an idea he doesn't like, he chops it out. When they come up with an idea he does like, he drives them to implement it. It's so, like, <clears throat> and the big studio, which very nearly was my fifth pick, um, Idos Montreal. Mm. <sighs> Damn it, of course, yeah. yeah. I just want to read one of my favourite games. Deus Ex, yeah. Human yeah. Revolution. Now, admittedly, admittedly, they're taking a lot of time on Thief, yeah. but by admitting them, omitting them from the list, I don't get to play Deus Ex 4. Well, which is, you've uh, shot yourself. Yeah. And no one Crystal Dynamics uh, as well would be a good choice. Chris, Chris yeah. that, that new Tomb Raider game looks 
brilliant. Arcane. Brilliant. Arcane, no if one you picked Arcane, you would have yeah. got Harvey Smith. You so. got Harvey Smith, that's true, yeah. And Raph. Yeah, we get yeah. Two, two good guys there. Mm-hmm. And, what, and no one, um, obviously they're rubbish these days, but there is some talent at um, Square Enix. Mm. I mean, there as in Square Soft, yeah. the Japanese side, like Tetsuya Nomura, so, you know, some yeah. guys like that. So, uh, or even Sakaguchi Studio. The new one, the mid little Hawaiian studio. Mm. Yeah, yeah, like, there was very little, uh, I guess those guys kind of feel that they've had the day a bit, like, yeah. they've fallen behind a little no bit. No one had Tango either. I mean, you, you wouldn't, there's no one else at Tango, but you get Mikami. Yeah, we don't yeah. know what I'm making, though. Or, and d- no um, one had Grasshopper. Itagaki <laughs> for good studio. reasons. Oh, Valhalla yeah. again. Um, Itagaki. I, I, hear, I, I hear kind of confidentially it's like getting rid of that game was the best move THQ could have yeah. made. It wasn't looking good. And Speaking of THQ, Volition, uh, um, you know, there's, there's, yeah. there's some good, good guys there and good tech. Cause if you mm. go with those guys, you get their Destructo engine. Yeah, yeah. Geomod engine is, that Geomod engine is amazing. And, and it's only going to be more amazing in the next generation when it powers something like Saints Row and you can demolish entire buildings when you're with a tank. Yeah, yeah. They're not very fancy, though, are they? They're, they're not, not fancy, no. They're not a name you say, oh, yeah. No, but you know what? Champaign, Illinois, I've said it before, I've never been in a city with more beautiful girls who are completely single. Yeah, so you There is that, you. and they have strong weather there. They're all drunk yeah. on Champaign, though. They're all... They're all it's because it's a best of big student town. The only, thing to, the only three things in that town are volition, a university, and uh, a bunch of people... Uh, I think it's Kraft Foods. <laughs> yeah. So, like, Derrily. We mentioned them before. No one wanted a gearbox with Randy Pitchford. Hmm. Yeah. Big, big Randy there, the masters, masters of the seven out of ten. You know, yeah. and when they when they bang out a few, a few it was eight more, earlier. <laughs> it's gone down. <laughs> that's, it, that's, it, hey, that's inflation for you. Um, it's in you know, give it a couple of years. Once they've banged out a few big big boys in a row, we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. I kind of wanted. Uh, Besides, also you get saddled with fucking Duke Nukem if, if you go with them. Oof. I kind of yeah. wanted Nagoshi as well. The Yakuza Ooh, team. Oh yeah, the Yakuza mm. studio. Yakuza is one of my favorite games, but I don't think it's. It just there wasn't a place for him. Sorry, Nagoshi. He's a wild card, is Nagoshi? Yeah. Proper wild card. Yeah, he might. He might insist on making binary domain. <laughs> binary domain <laughs> too. Yeah. You might. You might like. Listen, I need you to make a new uh, Yakuza game, and you're going to team up with uh, Hideo Kojima on it. It's going to be great. You guys are going to work together. He's like, now what I really want to work with Kojima-san on is binary domain too. He would. Yeah. Kojima would love binary domain. He would, wouldn't he? That's why. Right. Just straight. Well, I'd like the team at Rocksteady to work on is a new Super Monkey Ball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Unreal Three Power Super yeah. Monkey Ball. So yeah, I think I think we've I can't think of any any developer we haven't mentioned. If you could steal one developer from uh, someone else's team, who do you steal? Andy, oh. Andy K. Uh, oh well, Valve obviously. Valve. I mean, yeah, the, f- yeah. the forefront of PC gaming. Yeah, and and various respects. Andy H. Mm. With the existing team I have, you get them I'm, on top of your existing team. Mm, I might have platinum, yeah, because I'm rather partial to platinum. I think I'd take UB Montreal. Yeah. The UB Montreal have consistently made some of my favorite games ever. We're talking Splinter Cell, Chaos Theory, Far Cry Two, God, even Conviction. I really need a lot of time with, even though it's not perfect. Assassin's Creed Two. I'm get- kicking myself over Carmack though. I think we all we all dropped the ball there not picking Carmack. Yeah. But then it's like, it's like after <laughs> so you, you look at the strength, so sad going, oh, you look at the strength of the games though, isn't it? You look at the strength, you're like, oh god, I get Quake Four, yeah, and I get Doom Three, Doom BFG 3. edition, <laughs> and I get Rage. Rage. Yeah. It's like it's uh, you, don't, man, you don't, you don't, you don't, you take it for the man. Yeah. You, but the thing is, you gotta have you gotta have the right guys to team him up with because you what you what if you're just getting in for the man, 
you want to have a studio you can move them into. It's like, what are you going to do? Send them to Kojima Productions? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's that, not... That would be, yeah, that would never work. It's like a big, big deal, you know? You yeah. saw what you're going to do, send them to DICE? Well, DICE already have their engine. I'm sure Carmack can optimize it, but big yeah. deal, their engine's great Stick already. In some goggles. I'm sending them to Valve just because Valve are like a, a, a studio which go beyond games. Yeah. They, they are looking at hardware. They're looking at wearable computing. And these are things that like Carmack is really interested in. Like, yeah. Also, Valve can help you know, John Carmack put men in space, which is Coach's <laughs> Carmack's big obsession at the moment. Yeah, they've got the money. They could have their own space. Imagine that, a Valve Space the Valve program. Face, yeah, the Valve Space Rocket. Could it actually happen. It might happen. So my, my, team, my team, well, if any of your team, your team, if you had got John Carmack, you might have gone to space one day. Yeah. Now look at you. Sitting here on Earth like a chump. <laughs> <laughs> so, Read your uh, questions. No, that, that was really interesting. Just uh, just a quick point. Uh, if you're on Facebook or Twitter, uh, just just get in touch with us and say who you'd yeah, have yeah, a drink five. And if we missed yeah. anyone really huge, like any glaring omissions, and I'm sure we have, yeah. I, can, I can guarantee that we have. Uh, do let us know about that. No, Cody's. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I want to see. Good tech, good devs. Yeah. I'd like to see listeners picking five and saying why they picked them. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. That'd be, uh, that'd be it's really interesting. It's a fun little hypothetical game, this. Yeah, it's a fun game. So hit us up with that. So, yeah, we'll go, as Mike said, we'll, uh, we'll go on to reader questions now. Uh, this one's sort of in fitting with what we've just been talking about. Uh, ben Robinson says Opinions on rumors uh, of Valve joining the console market. So, uh, and what would this do to Microsoft and Sony? So we know right now Valve are working on hardware, but it's this wearable computing thing. So it's like a, a com- like you know in like Google goggles essentially, and Microsoft are working on it too. They got AR specs for the next Xbox that we know about. They're planning on wheeling out in twenty fifteen. Um, but I, will they build a console? So Andy, you've been using and I've been using as well the big picture mode. Yeah, which on was released Steam. yesterday. So Steam, uh, for us yesterday, for listeners a few days ago, Yeah. so big picture mode is uh, entirely controller-optimized interface for Steam. So you can yeah. just plug your PC into Xbox a TV. the Xbox controller specifically, yeah. which most PC gamers now use as the de facto controller. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. These days, most PC games, like a lot of readers might, listeners might not know this, that if you plug your console controller into a, your, specifically your Xbox controller into a PC, most games will re- not only recognize it, but will swap the buttons on screen, mm. all the yeah. on-screen prompts to recognize this controller, except like the most PC, a PC game, StarCraft and so on. Yeah, yeah. So this is an interface that lets you turn your PC basically into the ultimate games console. Yeah. And it's like uh, it's like Xbox Live, but without any of the... It, it shames the Metro dashboard. There's no get ads everywhere. There's it's no really ads fast and smooth. And... and you do have a promo blade, like not a blade, yeah. but you have a, it says like recommended for you, a little tab you can click yeah. on. And it's tiny. Mm. It's absolutely tiny. Meanwhile, you load up Metro, and if you... I was I tweeted, put a message about this on Facebook the other day. If you look at Metro, it's only the two leftmost squares on every page yeah, that actually do anything. The rest are just ads. It looks like Piccadilly mm. Circus, you know, yeah. the uh, big wall of... It's just this yeah. mosaic of... Or is that Oxford Circus? No, it's Piccadilly Circus. Yeah, that one. It's just a, mo- it's just a mosaic of advertising yeah. with two functional buttons on every page. You could put all of the functional buttons on one page and it would yeah. just be fine. Like, if they're going to give us Metro, which is actually a cool interface on Windows Phone, yeah. on... Windows 8, you know, it has problems because it's the only interface you have with Windows 8 unless you deliberately launch a desktop. Yeah, yeah. That's a problem. But the cool thing about Windows, the Metro interface is how brilliantly customizable it is, yeah. how you can just set up your homepage exactly the way you want it. So if you're going to bring Metro to Xbox, yeah. you have to have that. It has to be customizable, and it's not, and that's the big problem. 
Um, there are a few people on the Metro beta. The, the beta for the next Xbox dashboard at the moment is still Metro. Apparently they fixed a few complaints about it, but you still can't customize it. Yeah. And that's always going to be a problem. But yeah, the this, this Steam big picture one is them testing a console-esque interface. Yeah, and would, do you think that would lead to them making a console? Yeah, well, I think it would be... I mean, it would be like a PC. It would, be, it would just be... I think they'll do pre-made PCs, basically. Yeah. Built to specs that will play most modern games, which is, which is what a console is. Yeah. But it'll be... Valve won't make it closed like a console. You'll be able to install anything on it. Well, mm. if they don't, surely someone will. It's, it's only going to take someone to start, like, building... A console, you're building this machine, building PCs yeah. to a, a high level console with spec. cases that you can put under your telly. Yeah, just make it as I mean, they will be expensive yeah. to have that kind of that form factor, yeah. but the prices are only going to come down. And that's you know, if you build a PC to like next gen console spec, that's going to be a really expensive ass machine. Yeah. Right? A really expensive ass machine. You're talking about the next Xbox supposedly having like 16 logical cores, mm. four hard cores, each with like four logical cores each. Yeah. And I know that kind of makes no sense to anybody. It doesn't even make a lot of sense to me. But all I know is that that's an expensive frigging processor. Well, my processor's at home and my PC's got eight cores, and mm. that is like almost 300 quid. But when you start... So, but the, and that's the, just the reason, one part of the console. Yeah, the reason you want Valve to actually enter the console market is because they could build... A machine that's optimized. That's why a console is, is incredible spec for low cost, in theory, incredible spec. At the start of a new generation, it's always incredible spec for yeah. a low cost because all of the parts are custom, all of the parts are specifically designed for a very specific job. Yeah. They all fit together neatly, and you get to produce it cheaply in a way you wouldn't if you had to produce a graphics card, plug it in, a motherboard, plug it in, power supply, RAM. power supply, and so on, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You just build everything to the exact spec you need. So instead of having like a 800 watt power supply when all you actually need is 600 yeah. you would build the 610 watts power supply which is exactly precisely what your next xbox yeah, needs yeah. to run or something you know so if Valve were to enter the console market there is in theory they could produce a very powerful console with a very powerful interface this big picture interface yeah and they, they'd have their own price i think they'd have the would run every pc it. game ever yeah mm. maybe they'd do a thing with windows where it's a version of windows for that's the... the thing at the moment you would need it to run windows because all of the games run yeah. on windows because i was going to th- i was thinking maybe they'll do the one like linux valve os well they are working but... with linux right now i mean yeah. they are working they are saying this like linux because he did that experiments with left for dead saying left for dead runs better on linux than it does on on windows yeah and that's fine except now all the other pc games have to run on linux too yeah. They would need to do a. They would need to do a deal with Win- yeah, with Microsoft. And, and any game that uses games for Windows Live would never be on Linux. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So they need to. They would need to strike a deal with Microsoft to make it work. Uh, I think the way people want it to work. And mm. the other part of the question was, what effect would this have on the other companies? If Valve just showed a console off that could run Crisis Three at sixty frames per second at PC standards, mm. and it was a, a competitive price. Sony and Microsoft would be in some trouble, I think. Because they would have every so. game ever made running yeah. on this box. And they could say Half-Life 3, only available on yeah. Valve Box. And that's, that's I mean, that's alone is huge. But even like when you think about the details, Valve would do something that Microsoft and Sony wouldn't. They would make an open console. Yeah. They would make it open so that you can do what you want with it. Which means instead of having to wait three years for Microsoft to cut a deal with BBC to put yeah, the iPlayer yeah. on there... You could just have yeah. iPlayer, or um, like the the uh, Fez thing, where oh, you can't update the game; it will cost ten thousand dollars. Yeah, 
it'll just they can just, they can just it, patch yeah. it themselves yeah. and so yeah. on. Like having an like open, Steam works now. having free to play games is something you can really only do properly on an open platform. Microsoft are experimenting with it, Sony are experimenting with it. Yeah. It works best on an open platform where it's free to patch. It's running through servers that developers have decided it's going to run through, and like that's really important to the next generation. We wrote about this in the last issue of Xbox World. The next generation is going to depend on openness. Games like Minecraft work best in, on open platforms. Yeah. It works pretty good on Xbox, but how much better would it be on a truly open platform? Hmm. Okay. Uh, Denise Baker asks, which video game character would you want to go with a drink? go for a drink with? What, like a lady drink or like a manly drink? A drink. And just a it's drink. It's not specified. Uh, I, I I don't know what your intentions would be if you if you took a game character out I'd, for a I'd drink. I'd go for a pint with Big Boss. Big Boss seems all right. All right. Yeah, I mean, tell you some stories. He's got some, some good war stories. stories. He's he's a cool bro. He'd probably like he'd probably do me a solid and get me like, you know, chat up a girl for me or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then probably be, have a bit of a cry. Yeah, he'd, just, he'd the, be very sad. It's a little ex- existential crisis. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Andy? Oh God, I don't know. I mean. Uh, until I played Uncharted 3, I'd probably say Nathan Drake, but I've seen what he did to the pub in the first level of he'd that. He'd be like so making you do like racks of shots and like going, woo, yeah, he'd be a be total a asshole. Chest beating, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, he's quite a funny guy. You could probably have a chat with him. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. If if it was a lady, who would you go for a drink with? Well, the thing is, it's like just going for a drink with them doesn't imply... Sexy time. Yeah, I don't want to have. I don't want to sleep with Big Boss. I just want to have a pint with him. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not saying you did. <laughs> Maybe you did. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's like the obvious answer is like, oh, Lara Croft. Whoa, hey! It's like, well, let's face it, Lara Croft's not going to sleep with a chode, be, a chode like me. Yeah, she? and she'd be making you buy like the the finest prosecco and or whatever prosecco, <laughs> finest prosecco, <laughs> finest baby sham. Um, it's actually um, uh, kind of a, a tricky question, but I think uh, I, I, the Big Boss is a good one, man. Big Boss is mm. a re- Big Boss is a really good one. Hard act to follow. Yeah, it's a real tough act to follow. I'd go and pound shots with Heihachi at attack. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want any fighting game characters because they're all too intense. Yeah, <laughs> you never know when they're going to flare they, up. They, they stress you out just mm. sitting there with this like little this ball of kind of. Negative energy. Um, I don't know. I would say that uh, uh, speculatively, Booker Dewitt's from uh, the, is that his name from the new uh, yeah, the new Bioshock? Seems seems like a stand up bro. Yeah, he's a classy dude. Apparently, he's got like a a, 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 t- a tatty past, and I'm sure. Yeah. But you know, haven't we all? Yeah, yeah. So, but in that game so far, he seems like a pretty stand up bro. Yeah. So he seems like. I mean, if you're gonna go for a drink with a with a fella, you want him to be the kind of guy who you know you can sit down and have some. Strong manly times with what about, about Shep? Would you go for a drink with Shep? Shep? Yeah. Depends what kind of Shep. Because, yeah. I mean, he might be renegade Shep. <laughs> yeah, and he would just punch you. Yeah. You know, a renegade Shep would, like, you know, piss piss on someone's door on the way home. and <laughs> Yeah, so he did it. Yeah, and blame yeah. it on you. I, I'd I, um... go for cocktails with the King of Space from Katamari Damashi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be great, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's my answer. I just scrap, scrap what I said. Yeah, I want to okay. go, go for a drink with the king of all cosmos. Yeah, you know, he drank cocktails, big weird ones with sparklers in them. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, <laughs> about um, David Sarif from uh, Deus Ex as well. Yeah. The uh, millionaire guy who basically was like one of the pioneers of human augmentation. Yeah, he'd, he'd be. He'd have some good stories. Yeah. Yeah, but I think your idea that Big Boss would be a good kind of guy 
who would hook you up with a girl. Would find yeah. you a nice girl in the bar and would hook you up with her. And he'd just sit there enjoying his whiskey. Yeah. And let you go on with it's it. It's not about going to the bar and like with with uh, with, with Laura Croft and trying to mac on her. Yeah. It's about going there with a true bro. Yeah. Who would be a good wingman. Go over to a girl and say, "Listen, I got yeah. you, you. Should meet my friend." Big Andy. boss would be the ultimate wingman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Laura Croft's a bit accident prone anyway, isn't she? Yeah, a bit clumsy. Every time in that, she's in that new, in that new, hole, new yeah. game, she's, she's really she's clumsy. filthy yeah. as well, covered in dirt. Yeah. Yeah. Grubby. Yeah, it's just you know. Grubby Croft. Also, could have cleaned up. A also, bit her, her, accent, her accent's all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> she's Australian. You see this stuff. Yeah. yeah, and when she got up to the, go to the toilet, it'd be like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, quite aroused. That was a good question. <laughs> Um, it's a real thinker I yeah I didn't think much of that question when it was read out but then when yeah, I thought no, you about gave it, the ultimate answer I think that's the perfect mm. answer straight out straight out of the back yeah. yeah Jack Hook Captain Falcon about that Captain Falcon F0 Falcon punch let's go around just punching people brilliant <laughs> Jack Hook says if you could stop any game under development right now from ever being <laughs> oh, released what game would it be that's so harsh oh, like what, just before it's even come out just go yeah. no say stop so you stop have, making no, it. This, is no, Call, this, this oh, isn't going to work. Call of Duty series. I got nothing against it, but it has to end. Do something new. Stop making Call of Duty games. It's totally it would never happen. It's 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 probably unfair. But just stop Call of Duty. Or at least the current generation of it. Stop it and do a new reboot of Call of Duty, please. I like that answer, but I'm going to give a I'm going to give you a controversial answer. Battlefield Four. Don't want it. <laughs> I don't want Battlefield 4. I want, I want Battlefield Bad Company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want Battlefield. So if they stop doing, if they're banned from making Battlefield 4, the only game they can make then is what? They're going to do a sequel to 2142? Of course not. They're going to do a sequel to Bad Company. Yeah. And I'm going to get to destroy buildings again. Because I like destroying buildings, damn it. Yeah. Along the same sort of lines as Mike's answer, I'd probably cancel the new Medal of Honor. Like, I've not. Well, what are like, EA going to do? I think we can Medal of Honor. Look, I've <laughs> spoken to a lot of people, and no one said, "Yeah, I'm really looking forward to Medal of Honor." Yeah, yeah but it's like it's not like it's not going to get you anything. It's just going to stop the game from existing. <laughs> yeah, well, just don't want it to exist. I just, I just don't. I don't think there's any reason for it to exist. No. Yeah. I think it's it's sort of defunct. Well, but, I was like I was saying earlier that I I talked to one of the developers on that game, and I asked them uh, to tell me what's exciting or stand out about it from other shooters and he could barely answer it so there's a good reason for that all the time you can basically when it comes to military shooters modern military shooters there are battlefield men there are Call of Duty men. There's more mm. Call of Duty men, but it's Battlefield men and Call of Duty men. No one has ever said me. I'm a Medal of Honor man. Unless you're no. totally contrary. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Medal of Honor man. I only play Medal of Honor online because that's the very game for me. I imagine. I imagine if you went around and polled everyone in EALA who were making that game, it's Danger Close, isn't it? Yeah. Who were making that game, you would struggle. I th- I think you would struggle to find many people who said, "Yeah, I'm a Medal of Honor man." Yeah. yeah. They would say, "Well, actually, I'm a Battlefield guy. Yeah, I'm just maybe. making this game. It's just my day job." Yeah. So you know, if those are the guys who are making it, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't see. Uh... Yeah. Good. Good question, though. Yeah, yeah. It was a good question. A great question. Um, we'll have one more. One more. One more. Um, there's a couple here. We're not going to answer the one about the strip joints. <laughs> What's the one about strip joints? Uh, it was simply, would you ever go to a strip club? <laughs> That's not a gaming question. Well, yeah, you, you don't care. Um, well, well, one, one would answer, Mike. Would you ever go to a strip club? Uh, I've, I've been, didn't care for it. Right. It's a bit. Um, it's a bit like going to the going to the pizza restaurant, just looking at the pizza, isn't it? Smelling yeah. it. Yeah. Smelling the pizza. Deli- oh, that smells good. Can I have some? No. 
Uh, Andy's got up from his chair, so I'll answer his question for him. Uh, Andy would love to go. He'd love it. <laughs> I tell you what, I've got. That's what you get for stepping away from the I've mic. I've been to Vegas on press trips. Let me tell you, there ain't nothing German game journalists like more than a strip club. They yeah. friggin' love a strip club. Like all, of, all the Brits, a strip club all the Brits were kind of like, you know what? Let's go, let's go have a drink, let's have a little gamble, let's go see the sights, let's go, have, you know, do a bit of shopping. Germans, they arrive at the plane lands, they get off the plane, they go, oh man, I'm jet lagged. Strip club. <laughs> I'm with Mike. Why? Why look at the steak when you can eat it or yeah. whatever? That sounds mad. Yeah, if you you, said you, you you can't eat it if you haven't got a lady who's willing, yeah. willing well, they to throw serve you it out to you. for you. Yeah. Anyway, unless you pay for it. But then, right. if you if you're in Vegas, you can probably find somebody willing to serve it as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, this, this conversation made me feel dirty. Yeah, it was kind of weird, which is why I said I wouldn't read it out. But and I did deliberately. And we did, he did. Yeah. Right. Um, so, uh, Danny Marigliano asks. What are the best and worst things to come out of the current console generation? And he doesn't necessarily mean games. He also means stuff like uh, the 2011 VGAs, he says. Loosely well, the, the worst thing for me is uh, games as a storefront uh, microtransactions. Yeah. I, I have nothing against them. I know why they exist and they have to exist. I just think... Personally, I think this the DLC. Yeah, it makes you know like that feeling with an old game where you dust off an old game twenty years from now and play it. Now a modern game, all that will be locked off Mm. because it'll be oh the online servers are down. Oh, I can't get those online achievements. That's a good point. Like games feel, they will they feel temporary with all this stuff in it. Yeah. Like so, you go. Oh, I'm gonna uh, put that old game I haven't played for ages. Oh, I can't play half of it because I'm not online and the servers are down. Or yeah. PSN doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. So I think that's the worst thing. That temporary, always online thing is making games feel like a sort of service rather than a thing that you'll lovingly go back to and and when you're older. Mm. What the best thing? The best thing. Mm. While you're, while, you're, while you're thinking of that, yeah, yeah, I'll answer we'll do one. all the worst things first. I'll, all right, the best things. I'll, yeah, we'll finish on a high then. I think, yeah. I think the worst thing uh, to happen to this generation has been how risk adverse um, developers have become. Yeah, they have by they have to be because if they now if a game costs fifty million to make, if you don't sell, yeah. you know, five million copies, it's like it's a disaster. It's um, it's made the games industry very very um, predictable. I know when I, before I play a game, not only do I know how it will play, I know how it will control. I know. I, and the one thing I can say is I usually know games are going to be good. Like, there are not many bad games being released these days. But the games which are being released are just kind of the same game over and over again. And it really is kind of the same game over and over again. Now, one kind of cool thing about that is that genres are almost dead now. Look at the new Splinter Cell. You want to play it as a shooter? You can play it as a shooter. You want to play it as a stealth game? You play it as a stealth game. Dishonored. Dishonored, you can yeah. play it almost any way you like. Although, to be fair, it's like even Dishonored's basically Thief, a game from 10 yeah, years yeah. ago. It's a bit of Deus Ex, a bit of Thief. But what we're getting to the point at, we're getting to this point now where genre is almost dead. You're just making games that are cool worlds to be in, and you navigate through the world the way you'd like to navigate it. That's a really interesting thing, I think, and that's definitely a cool thing for the future. But what I don't like is how. Yeah, you know, it's just the Call of Duty syndrome. If anything, it's like, okay, I know what Call of Duty is. I've played that game, and I don't need to play another one. Um, the new Star Wars 1313 game is coming out. It looks great, but it's Uncharted, and, yeah. I've, and I've played that game. You know, um, mm. you Remember Me is Uncharted, and I've played that game. It's, it, no one's willing to take a risk on anything completely mental, except in the PC space, and that's going to be my best thing in a minute. 
Uh, worst thing, Edmonton. Edmonton. <laughs> That Edmonton. visit to Edmonton, yep. which we mention on every podcast yep. we do, <laughs> it, it, still, right. it still burns us to this it, day. Between, it was between him, it was between that and Mr. Caffeine. Oh, Mr. Caffeine, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, him. You won't get that unless you watch whatever the hell The he E3 on. conference from Ubisoft last yeah, year. Well, they hired an actor and he was an absolute douche nozzle. So there we go. So my favourite thing, my thing I like about this generation has been... Things like, and it's, it's console related, Xbox Live Arcade, mm-hmm. iOS, the uh, App Store, mm-hmm. uh, indie games on PC. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, developers who, like, it's okay, if, it's okay that there's Call of Duties and stuff. It's okay that there's Halos over and over again. It's okay that Turn 10 are making a Forza every two years. And when they're not making a Forza, Playground Games are making a Forza. It's okay. Because if I ever sit there and say, oh, I'm bored of this, I've only got myself to blame because there's a million independent games being made right yeah. now and they're awesome that's, that's there's true, great yeah, yeah. games everywhere now every yeah. device you own there's a cool game you can play on yeah. it and if say if you're a developer and you're at a studio you're like oh man I really don't want to make another Battlefield fine go set up your own studio set up a little three man team and make a badass iOS game and show everyone else how it should be done yeah, yeah. or make a live arcade game or make a game for PSN or make a game for Steam like, like the little, that horror game Home yeah. One one set for one ninety nine on Steam. It's a great yeah. game. And Amnesia, independent horror game, sells ten thousand copies a month. Yeah, it's maybe what, what, maybe what, like a team of uh, God is yeah, it's, uh, it's like it's, six a dozen guys, people yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A tiny team like this. Never before, not not since like ninety two, has it been so possible for a small studio to make a game and get it in front yeah. of such a massive audience. It's like Matthew Smith in his bedroom making Jet yeah. Set Willie. All, that, again, all that's this, happening again. Oh, Fez is made by his tiny team, you know. You've got Braid, was literally made by three people, essentially. Yeah. John Blow, an artist, and, and someone else. And you, you're like, well, what, what have I done? Here I am sitting here talking on this podcast. I, in, if I, in theory, I mean, I've got the skills, but the three of us together... Yeah. We could make a game well, sell, even, that sells yeah. a million copies. You don't even need that. That's the thing with there's so many programs that allow you just to make games like Unity and get an adventure game maker. Yeah. And you, the tools are all, there's people making tools to make. We have a game. Games. We have a game critic in our office, Tom Francis, who is making a game right yeah. now. A game mm. that he's going to sell. It's uh, it's gonna it's called Gunpoint. You can find it online right now. It's an independent yeah. game. It's taking him years to make, but when it's done. There will be places he can distribute it. Yeah. There'll be places he can sell it. You can put it on Steam Greenlight, and the community will vote it so that Steam will sell it. For this him. is and now, now even with things like Kickstarter, you're seeing like long dead franchises that people never expected to see yeah. a sequel to. To be fair, Kickstarter has become literally like Valley of the Last Lost Dolls, you know, yeah. or whatever. Mm. It's like nothing but old developers saying, "Remember that game I made thirty years yeah. ago? I'll make you a sequel if you give me the money for it." But <laughs> even then, like you're seeing like. Games that never would have been made at all because people are essentially pre-registering their interest by putting their money where their mouth is. Yeah. Now you can get like Tim Schafer making a Monkey Island kind of sequel, yeah, but without the Monkey Island game, name, yeah. a point and click. No publisher would have ever went. Yeah, go ahead. I'll give you a million, two million dollars to make a but point and click. The game. community can, and this mm-hmm. is this is amazing. This changes everything. Well, I think I think that's the best thing as well, basically about yeah. modern gaming and and Steam as well and PC as a platform. Steam's just, really grown into itself. Yeah, well, you just install it, you just right-click and go, you download the game, and that's it, it's installed. It's worth pointing you know, out, when Xbox 360 launched in 2005, Steam was bollocks. Yeah. Steam mm. was awkward to use, they had activation there problems, was they had server problems. memes about how bad it was. And, yeah, it yeah. was like the joke, it was the joke of the PC community. Yeah. It was like, this is, oh well, it's literally, you know, I have to use it to play Half-Life 2. 
Yeah. It sucks, but you know, there you go. Now, if a game's not on Steam, you get pissed off. Yeah, and I won't. I won't buy it because yeah. I, I, I like my, all my games to be in one place, and that's really clever of Valve to make that. It's like my game shelf, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully, the console, at Microsoft, will learn in the next generation. I just want all. I just want Valve to build the software. I want Microsoft to bring the studios, and I want yeah. Sony to build the hardware for yeah, the next yeah. generation. Actually, you know what? Probably want Microsoft to build the hardware too. So yeah, well, yeah, I want developer-friendly console. So just have yeah. Microsoft just have build the hardware. Valve designed the software, and Sony just bring their studios to the party because they've got, the, they've got yeah. really good first parties. Some of their marketing, uh, yeah, their marketing expertise, and yeah. and just all work together. Why can't we all just get along? Mm. When it's the big uh, homogenized mega console, that's just a grey cube. Everyone's <laughs> got the same grey cube in there. Uh, there's no wires coming out of it or anything. It's just there. And it just pumps out <laughs> game microtransaction fueled games, and we're all sitting there in our beige jumpsuits, and it's like dystopia. It's like equilibrium. Or something. Yeah, we're all, <laughs> we're all dressed head to toe in grey. Yeah, that's that's not going to happen. That's just that's the bad. That's the alternate path. That... No, the the path you want is for it to basically become like Blu-ray, just a standard. Yeah. So anyone can build this box. Anyone can build the same box, and you're going to turn it on, and it's going to have Windows running on it. It's going to have. Uh, the front end powered by Steam Big Picture. Yeah, it's gonna have every PC game ever made running on it, and it's gonna have Naughty Dog developing for it. Yeah, you yeah. know, brilliant. Yeah, just a one big great world of, of like that Coke advert where everyone's standing in a circle holding hands. Yeah, and maybe maybe years from now we'll be sat saying, "Oh, it's the best thing that happened this generation when they all merged and decided to work together." Yeah, and like made this like incredible um, box. like the like put, put, pushing my glasses up my nose like Star Trek when. Uh, you discover space travel and the whole world just comes together yeah. and forgets about all the... Everyone stops <laughs> arguing. They're just like, well, we've got better things to do now. Yeah, yeah. that sounds great. That's what we need. Um, <laughs> just just to be completely contrary, because I, I sort of agree with both of you, um, I'll probably go for like the best thing, be something like uh, the sort of enhanced personality that you've got when you're playing games now. like Stuff like your enhanced sort of Xbox Live... Uh, avatar, things like that, plus like achievements, things like that, things that make you feel like an individual when you're playing. Yeah, like you've got a so profile. The social networking is what you're talking about. Yeah, it's yeah. the social aspect. Of it. Yeah, I love looking at people's achievements. I always look mm. at other people's what they've been playing because and, because you know we before this generation, generation there was no but, such thing as achievements. Yeah, we had trophies. live last generation, but now it's like there's a real. I think the next step for all three, of like you know, Steam is a lot closer than anyone else, but mm. turning it into a viable social network, you know, yeah. a Facebook-facing social network, yeah. you know, mm. where you can go to their website and yeah, it's build, build plans, build groups, moment, have, yeah. have full profiles and so on. But to be honest, it's like, does anybody Live. want that again? I think just integrating with Facebook properly is like a yeah. Xbox Live does it does it a lot better than PSN. Yeah. But you pay for Xbox Live, so you expect it. It's, it feels a lot more integrated. Yeah. But I think I think where we've we've come from, like in the Xbox generation, whereby you, you know you were lucky if you found your friends online, to now where you know exactly what they're doing all the time. Yeah. And you know that you're better than them at Ghost Recon. You actually had to be, like be in the same game to chat to one another. You had yeah. to you had to be I mean, cross party chat stuff like that. Yeah. It's, you had it's to been, yeah. been fantastic. Yeah, if you were online in another game, you could be invited. But if you were offline in another game, you couldn't be invited into the game. And mm-hmm. it's like all of these things which. We take for granted, and it's mm. only been around. I say only been around. It has been around for like what, almost eight years now. Yeah, God, it's, like, it's, the it's gen- a long generation. The generation without end. Um, much like this podcast. Yeah, podcast. Which uh, end. which is a long podcast, which is now coming to an end. 
Um, thanks for listening, as always. Um, there's a new issue on sale Wednesday, September the 19th. Do check it out. Please buy it, because if you don't buy it, we can't do the podcast. Right, that is correct. They, they, yeah. they, if, if you like the podcast, the magazine subsidises it, and yeah. it's a good magazine too. So. If, we, if we sell under a certain amount of copies every month, we, uh, we get locked in a cage by the publishers, <laughs> yeah. and they don't let us out to record the podcast. Se- so Sexy as that, cage. Sexy <laughs> cage. Uh, no one wants that. No. So please buy the magazine. Um, we are on Facebook. Uh, it's Xbox World 360 Group. And we are on Twitter. If you go to at Xbox World Mag, you will find us there tweeting our random opinions. Uh, thanks for listening. Hopefully we will have another podcast for you in two weeks. Um, fingers crossed. Uh, we'd like to say for definite, but as you when know, that might not when happen. we do skip it, it's not because we're being lazy. It's because there's four of us producing two magazines, mm, which is tricky. Yeah, but uh, for now, thanks for listening, and see you again soon. Bye, folks. Bye.